It's a Larry David, same extravaganza. He's the OG, and G stands for George Costanza with Cheryl Jeff and Susie and Leon Black. And if he wants to cancel lunch, he'll wear a MAGA hat. He'll give your doll a haircut, cause he don't know no shame. He'll even hire a prostitute to use the carpool lane. Won't respect nobody, but he respects wood. And he's feeling pretty, 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 pretty good. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and you know what? This is where I lost my virginity, right on this podcast. I'm Av Sinensky, and I happen to be in top physical shape. And I'm Zach Brooks. And I find human contact repulsive. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 8, Episode 8, Car Periscope, which originally aired on August 28th, 2011. I will say they named this episode very well because uh, this is like a name of an episode that like as soon as you hear it, you immediately know like what that what episode that is, or at least the A, the a story. Yeah, um, this is like very much and I think we'll we'll see in a lot of ways. It's like a late season like Seinfeld where there's like something that's just like so like out of left field that is in the plot. It's the, right there in the episode title that it's just like that's like the main thing that you're going to always remember the episode by. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it did the episode as a whole has, a, you know, very much of that. Like, you know, we have uh, you have this car periscope nonsense. We have the one armed man. Mm. Uh, we have a racist judge. You know, mm. there's all sorts of uh, wacky things going on here. All right. Well, let's get to our guest who I think has two arms and is not racist or a judge. I think all Thank of those uh, are no, more okay. or less correct. That, that is all accurate. OK. All right. Um, uh, none of those things. OK. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being well. I guess uh, being racist is bad, but the other things. There is something wrong being racist. Yeah, yeah. the other thing. Yeah. The other things are fine. Um, mm-hmm. My father's a judge. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Zach, very exciting. This this turned out to be like a home and home and home. So yeah. uh, you host the Movie Ladder podcast. You had Avon to talk Boogie Nights. You had me to talk on the Big Lebowski in consecutive weeks, and it was not planned that way. And now here you come on our podcast again, not and, planned. And don't shortchange, uh, you know, feedback writer Olin was also on for right, uh, yes. Big Sleep the week after the week after Manchester. But, but I don't think we can claim him. Can can this podcast claim Olin? Well, he uh, is he is the number one fan from the very start of this I podcast. Believe he's, I believe he's the only uh person to to rate every episode of the But I guess uh, when he introduces himself to people, does he say hi, I'm Olin Allen, nice to meet you. I'm the number one fan of pretty pretty good. No, but I do you introduce yourself <laughs> hi, I'm Alex Chester and I host pretty 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 good. <laughs> I mean, in some contexts, I do, such as on this podcast. Uh, right. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, Owen has hundred on. percent attendance for this. Oh podcast. no, he did. He missed one episode. He missed Porno Gill. Yeah, oh, he missed. All right. Um, oh, so wait, wait. So Zach has every episode rated, but I don't think he he sent in every episode live. I'm not because I missed right. the first couple. I think you episodes. you caught up with your ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Owen is the only one that was was a uh, emailer from the beginning. Mm. Um, right. But like, but maybe Zach like he did miss number one guest with all the ratings. Well, yeah, and now he's also he's you know he's been a uh, been, he's been a guest host too, so that yes. certainly uh, bumps him ahead of Olin. Um, yeah, I was I was uh, I was tinkering with the spreadsheet and I was trying to figure out how much um, Zach increased his like uh, voting strength for this episode by sliding from the postman. Oh, exactly uh, what percentage? 
yeah um but i i forgot to do it at the end once i had all of them but like nor so like we have um one two three four five six uh emailers today so he would have been the seventh emailer so he okay. would have had like 33 divided by seven right he had so a 14 like, percent of 33 percent. yeah exactly right and now it said he has 25 yeah. percent so yeah. like he's like he's like a tenfold. Uh, oh man, yeah. What totally worth my time is. to be on the spot? Twentyfold? Yeah. No, no, no I think just, it's about five. I think it's about fivefold. He goes five from about five percent okay. to twenty-five percent. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, yeah. Well, so it's a very smart move. Mm, um, good strategy <laughs> to come on, because uh, you know you really want to be oversampled. Wait, why the, is he only twenty-five? Uh, he's you know he's a third now. No, no he's I'm a fourth. Quarter. I'm a quarter because you got. If we have three plus postmen, oh yes, yes. Okay, got it. So I guess he'd be even more successful if he killed one of us. Right, right. Yeah. And then he then he gets a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't think the strategy all the way through. Zach. Wait, so if he killed me, yeah. you would then make him my replacement host on this podcast. <laughs> well, well, okay, hold on. I mean, it just kind of sounds like you're putting a bounty on my head. <laughs> if he told me the reason that he killed you was because he wanted to be on this podcast, <laughs> that would right? make. Did you like? Oh, okay. <laughs> In that case, now no. I approve. I don't know. I would only do it with him, like from prison. Like I think he should go to jail. <laughs> but I think that he showed us if you were my what if you were my lawyer though he showed a serious level of commitment like he really wants to be a guest on the podcast purely from the perspective of the podcast I think it would be good content what percentage of podcasts do you think have at least one co-host who's currently in prison uh serial did <laughs> season one he well he was he was uh he, he was a subject he wasn't no, yeah, a host think, to the podcast I don't yeah think you're, he's essentially I, a co-host though but you yeah. probably could you could probably host and produce a podcast from jail. I bet could they you? give you the resources. Do they give well, you the you resources? Know, certain, like a white collar prison. You have to leave the you have to yeah, leave you, that ha- you have message to at you the have beginning. to steal like you know a thousand dollars from a million people, not you know a hundred dollars from one person. Then you can uh, host a podcast in jail. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, and if it was related to drugs, then you know, life. who would yeah. take Chester's spot if somebody killed Chester to take the the spot on the podcast? I mean, I think I would end the podcast if Chester got murdered. Like, I'll be <laughs> you honest. only have like two seasons left. I don't know. I would feel bad continuing if he was murdered. And it's like if it was murdered, like because of his presence as the, the host of the podcast, it's like to them just, oh, I'm going to replace it with the guy who murdered him. Like, but wow. is it, don't they always say like, you know, you have to show terrorists that like life continues, right? You can't let the terrorists <laughs> Not win. with the terrorists. <laughs> you don't make the terrorist the president now because you, oh, good job, I mean, terrorist. You're I mean, so, like sometimes you do like in January. We tried it, you know, we tried. We failed. Yeah. They failed. We, we prevailed. Yeah, um, it could happen again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Zach Brooks is here. Mm. Uh, Zach Brooks. What are you guys watching on the movie ladder this week? We are watching What's Up, Doc, which I watched just before I came on with you guys. It is a very fun, like farcical comedy that gets very wacky. Stars stars a young Barbara Streisand who's very attractive in her uh, young days. I had no idea. Mm. Interesting. I I never I've never found Barbara Streisand very attractive. And she's like in her 20s in this movie. It's great. I always yeah. loved that Mad Magazine bit when Barbara Streisand was dating Ringo or now that I say this out loud, I realize I don't even know if they ever actually dated or if Mad Magazine just invented it for the sake of the bit. But the point was that they were like indistinguishable from one another. Mm. Interesting. I'm not familiar. I've never seen that. Yeah, right. it's, it's like a famous. Um, so, yeah. So what's up, Doc? I never heard of that movie. Um, Space Jam next. That's a good way to go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think that would be the natural connection. 
Uh, last yeah. week we did Inherent Vice, and they say "What's up, Doc?" a lot in that movie. So yeah, I gotta close. rewatch Inherent Vice. I I have your uh, I have your episode saved because I was like, it's yeah. it's in theory I'll watch Inherent Vice, but I'm probably not gonna rewatch it that soon. It's very divisive. Some people love it's it. It's a heavy some movie. Yeah. Don't like it. I uh, I watched it once before a couple years ago, and then I watched it again last week, and I still didn't really like it very much. But yeah, I like enjoyed it when I watched it. So like, I remember like rating it pretty highly that year. But like mm-hmm. a week later, I like completely forgot everything about it. Um, and like, I don't have like an appetite really to revisit it. Cause it's yeah, just, we did a bunch so of detective movies in a row. Um, starting with Big Lebowski when, when Chester right. was on, then we did the big sleep, then we did the long goodbye and then, mm-hmm. um, and then Heron Vice. So lots of detective movies over the last couple, couple weeks. And so it was nice to do something fun and, uh, farcical this week. So yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's unfortunately what's up doc is not streming anywhere. So you'll have to rent it from Amazon. But <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I think yeah. it, was, it was only one ninety nine to rent. It's oh. cheap. It's I thought you were going to say like, it's yeah, I, I always realize that I have a different definition of streaming than most people. Most yeah. people streaming specifically means streaming for free. And I mean, just when I say, is it streaming? It means like, oh, is it available? Can you get it? Yeah. Um, yeah. If, it's two, if it's two ninety nine, yeah, one ninety. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's even one. So like sometimes, yeah. so there are movies that are not streaming, and like you literally have to like get them for the library or like buy the yeah, DVD yeah. on on Amazon. Uh, which yeah, you don't want to do that. But no, when, we, try, we try not to do that when we pick movies on the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. We we usually try to get stuff that's at least streaming somewhere for free. Uh, because there's a lot of people who like like this podcast who will watch the movie each week. Most it's a lot of crossover listeners actually. Jim Olin. And uh, some other ones that listen to this podcast that will write in each week. They watch the movie. So like, we don't want people to have to show up three bucks every week to watch. The movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then when are we getting more James Bond? Uh, James Bond, not till the next movie comes out. But we are uh, my other podcast where I we did all the James Bond movies and we did all the Fast and Furious movies. We have not done Fast 9 yet uh-huh. uh, because my co-host on that has two kids and cannot handle parenting responsibilities and podcasting has, as well as you do. This podcast has six kids. Yeah, mm. so uh, you guys are better at that. <laughs> and four of them are boys, all owned by Alex. <laughs> so, uh, but I do have another series I want to do with him if we ever record F9. I have a couple ideas for that. So that's uh, that's for and your Bond, ears only. Is and the new podcast. Bond is coming out when? October, I think, or November. Okay, so so you but you still have like oh you already did all the we did all the James Bond movies on there. Oh, okay. So we did one podcast per James Bond actor, pretty much. Uh, We did a couple that were split, and um, you can find those uh, for your ears only. It's the name of the podcast, and then for the Fast and Furious movies, we just called it Furious Ears Only. Um, And then I did uh, I don't know maybe there will be one coming up like that for the Matrix sometime soon. All right, there's been discussions. I I look forward to. uh inquiring about that yeah um so okay so maybe we should oh i have uh, i have some housekeeping hmm. um so yeah, that's where you could find zach um we'll get into his uh you know digits at the end of the show mm-hmm. my phone um, number i'll give it out yeah. yeah i'm going to um i need to follow up with you don't I give do out one... your phone number the podcast just your social security number i want to yeah <laughs> well and you're yeah and you're just like we need just your full legal name including middle name because like yeah. oh, well obviously um, yeah yeah yeah, I want to get like a condensed version of the James Bond from you at some point. Like, like I which movies to watch? Like, I'm not going to watch 25 James Bond movies. Yeah. Okay, fast forward two months. <laughs> yeah, right. I've, I've, uh, I've been known to make bold yeah. statements like that uh, that age poorly. I will yeah. say, every James I just Bond started watching is... Survivor Micronesia for the third time with my yeah. daughter because now she wants to watch all the T- Totally normal thing. By the way, yeah. I, I see, I don't make the claim that you make. The re- I make the claim the reason I won't watch is because I know I will have to do that and I don't want to give myself that homework. 
Yeah. Like I, yeah. that's why I won't watch the West wing too many episodes. AB yelled at me about that the last, the other night again. And it's like, yeah. it's not because I think it's bad. It's because I know that I'll have to watch all the episodes and it's just annoying. So what else. is the West wing? Like 140 episodes. Or it's something? a lot. It's yeah. a lot less. Yeah. It's a lot less than survivor, but it's a lot more than like any show. I want you have to pay attention a lot more to the West wing than you to survivor. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, well yeah. If, if you were a maniac like me and you were binging entire seasons a night, you could watch it very, you could watch it fast. It's like very, it's like Seinfeld in a way, like just a lot of just like dialogue. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah. All right. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do a podcast about the West Wing. And yeah. then you'll have, then you'll I'm, I'm anti Sorkin, though, remember. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. You were oh, right. some housekeeping about. No, no, no. no but if, yeah. I'm, but I'm, uh, you're going to give me a condensed uh, Bond. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Itinerary. But I will say with James Bond, with James Bond movies, because I had only seen a few of them and I started, I started this a long time ago. I started this over last year and it took me a while ago uh, to get them all done. But every James Bond movie I watched, I enjoyed. Even the bad ones, like mm-hmm. there were some that were really bad. They're still very, very enjoyable. So right. it's well, a good series. I'm still going to state again for the record that I'm not going to watch 25 Bond movies. Yeah. I, maybe I'll watch uh, six to eight. So. Yeah. Um, and like you'll give me like a representative of each uh, bonds. Yeah, I think uh, there is a, another podcast I've heard about that's going to be doing like one movie per actor. Um, oh, that's skipping good. one of the yeah, one or two that's of the like actors. exactly what I want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say watch all the Daniel Craig movies because those actually have some continuity between them. And so yeah. I would watch all of those. And then yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I would have planned to watch those. Anyway. All right. Uh, okay. Housekeeping. Um, we have uh, two things in housekeeping this week. The first is that we were uh, sad to see the news that Ed Asner died this week. Uh, he obviously famous for his appearance in season two, episode six of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the acupuncturist. Um, which uh, was uh, going around today as his top villain or earlier this week. I don't remember. It was today or yesterday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're very uh, we're sad to see that he died. Um, you know, it's uh, we don't uh, have to bid adieu to members of the Kerber family that often, thankfully. But uh, today was unfortunately one of those days. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will say it's funny that uh, not to make light. It's very after, funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny Hilarious. that you just use the expression bit of do because uh, uh, while you were giving your very moving eulogy uh, to Ed Azur, may he rest in peace. I was looking at this, this new board game, which has arrived today, the Kirby enthusiasm game. Uh-huh. And I was taking out two sample cards to assign to you and Zach hypothetically. And the card that I assigned to you said, you're kicking me out. All right. I bid you adieu. And as I was reading, yeah, it, I then said those words. I know the show. Yeah, what? Yeah. Why don't we like try this game? But let, okay. let me after okay. I do the other. I'll let me do the other <laughs> housekeeping, and then we'll try the game. But, but now I got to find a new card because I just spent yeah, yeah, yeah. Card, I yeah. mean, that shouldn't take very long. You have like yeah. a whole stack of cards. I have another. Card. Um, have the other housekeeping second. is a uh, more of a internal, pretty, pretty, pretty good uh, housekeeping note. I uh, I'm just uh, refreshing our uh, you know behind the scenes dashboard, and it tells me that we have. Uh, we're coming up on a big uh, threshold. We are currently at 49,912 all-time plays of our podcast, which means that someone listening to this episode of Par Periscope will be the 50,000th listener of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Kirby Enthusiasm podcast. So it might be you, listen, listener right now that I'm talking to in your ear. Um, well, it is. Obviously, you. it is one well, of you. It's one of you. But yeah, uh, we don't know. Or it might, it might not be. It could be someone who like downloads it, but like then doesn't listen to it. I don't know if that counts. Mm. Maybe it does. Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, yeah. So if it's you, like you're the winner, um, you win nothing because I don't think we have any way of knowing who it is. No, um, but I will say this. If anybody can deliver proof that they are the number, what is it? Fifty thousand. Yeah. Or if you just feel really confident about it, we'll also consider no, that. You know, you know, if, if you give convincing proof, I will give you fifty thousand dollars. 
but you really have to <laughs> 50, prove it. numbers. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's say uh, 50,000. No, 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 no denomination. No, even that's too much. It's like $5,000. Yeah. Well, that's how it's like. Yeah. yeah no. it's, it's 500, but yeah. Okay. Fine. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Just wanted to uh, pat ourselves on the back for that. All right. Let's, uh, let's check 50, out this. 50,000 times. Pat yourself on the back. Let's check out this game. I want to see what this game is. Okay. All right. So, I, I, I t- it, it's, if you're familiar with apples to apples or cards against humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you understand the con- the general concept of the game. Oh, but we have to be holding cards for that, don't we? Yeah. Well, I'm. But but with this one, it's not just that you play the card, but then you have to act out the card. You have to oh. do what's on the card. So yeah. I can oh. just. So oh, so that's just, terrible for a podcast. For a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Verbally, you have to. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So the black card I picked is says, "You confront the man who took your shoes from the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Take the shoes off his feet." Okay. Okay. And what are we supposed to do with that? So now I'm going to give you like the yellow card that you play, which is the excuse you give. You're attempting to give an excuse to get out of that situation. So I guess you're not Larry. You're the other guy. Oh, the other guy. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, you want the shoes back? Yeah. Hold on. The first one is the situation. And then everyone chooses their excuse card. And then each player flips over their excuse card and expands their excuse, pushing for why their excuse should win the round. It doesn't explain how. Okay. Oh, so so you're given a specific excuse to use. All right. So uh, your excuse is I've been auctioned off for some charity. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. But what's, in- what's interesting about this show is that it's like it's meta because it works on two levels because it's both like you're playing Larry trying to like figure out like what would Larry do in the situation that you get out of it. But also like this is like literally what they do on Curb Your Enthusiasm to their actors. Right? Give like, somebody like, a give, card. Yeah. Like they give them a card with a scenario and that's all they get. Like it's that's funny. You I don't know, know if that's intentional. It might it, not be. It doesn't but, like, seem to be. But no, but actually you're right. That's actually very funny. Like that really is. And they, they should sort of advertise it that more that way because it, like this is more like of a right. spin. Right. It's like you get to be a performer on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah maybe, an, maybe like they you're at an it. improv theater. Yeah. They know the right? show's like, improv. Maybe they, oh, thought, yeah. I I think think, they thought about it. I think this show, this game was like mass produced by some. Like, there's no name on the <laughs> right. game. You know what I mean? It's not like it says, <laughs> right. you know, produced or written by. Yeah. I think this was okay. an HBO. So yeah, basically, but, like, yeah, we they would fell each, backwards into it, though. So we would each be given an excuse and we would then have to, like, bullshit along with that excuse. Yeah. So I so I'm going to give you one. OK, well, you said it's like cards against humanity, isn't it? That you have like seven. Yeah, you, you have a bunch in your hand. To, yeah, you yeah. get to choose the one you want. Oh, and you get to use which scenario you want to use. You think yeah. is the best. Yeah. Uh-huh. OK. All right. Humanity, I think, is the most overrated game. It's it's so dumb. And it's just people being vulgar and outlandish just yes. for the sake of being vulgar and outlandish. Yeah. So, it's just once you play it once, it's not fun. At yeah, all. it it's creates not, I, a permission structure for vulgarity. Yeah, right. But it is in that context, it is entertaining. Like I played it once. And again, I, I think it has diminishing returns, but I played it once yeah. with with my wife's entire family, not my wife, but with her parents and her uncles and cousins. And it was yeah, very that's... funny to see, you know, these people's. Them being out of, the, out of their box a little yeah like yeah. my father-in-law like you know like pissing himself he's laughing so hard is like you know very entertaining um right. yeah maybe All it's right. juvenile but you know yeah i really like uh code names code names code names is very fun and i just bought um i bought a couple board games actually in the last week i bought uh silo Tan because i don't have it and all my friends have it and i've never played that game oh it's it's super fun it's like a way more fun version of risk i've been at many weekends where many other people were playing it for very long periods of time but i have never participated. i'm kind of surprised you haven't i've kind of impressed if i'm being honest yeah i've never uh, i never got sunk into it you're gonna you're then you're gonna start playing like 40 seasons of Uh, no i'm not really a big uh board game person anymore i used to be when i was like a teenager i i I love it that's great yeah i kind of got uh got over them at a certain point 
And I like. I, game, I don't mind watching people play, but I don't like playing. Oh, that, oh that's like watching. Yeah, that's games. very weird. You want to have no agency? You're just sitting there. Wa- no, meaning like I'll hang out with people who are playing and like we'll talk and like I'll be watching the game. Oh, no, I would have to. But play. like, I'd rather not I'd play. I'd be too bored. Yeah. Most games. There's some games uh, I like playing, but most games I don't like to play. The other mm-hmm. game I want to shout out, though, because a lot of people have never heard of this. I had friends that had it. It was super hard to find. I had to buy it on eBay. It's called Bonanza. And it's basically like you have like a farm of beans and you're playing against people. It's resource management. It's super fun. It's like B-O-H-N Nanza. Uh, if you could find it, it's a very fun game. I highly recommend it. It's called Bonanza. That's the other one. All right, cool. I will check that out. <laughs> I'm looking at the Bonanza um, game. Crickets. A German, crickets. A German no, style also, card game I'm also, yeah, trying to find based it. on the game mechanics of trading and politics designed by Uwe Rosenberg. When I hear Uwe, I think of Uwe Blab. Do you guys remember him? Mm-mm. Uwe Blab was a was a German like seven foot four redhead in the NBA in like the late 80s. And his name was spelled U-W-E. And then his last name was B-L-A-B-B, which as a little kid, I thought was a very funny name. Zach, did you ever play Quelf? No. Quelf is the the craziest game I've ever played. What is it? Just buy buy it and play it. Don't look up. Don't look up. If you like board games, you'll like it. The worst is the board games. For what ages? Um, Let me say it might be for any adult for any age. All right, I have I uh, loading Quelph, and I will maybe buy it at four point six stars on Amazon. Forty seven dollars though. Is this really that? Oh, good? it's expensive. Every this, board game is expensive. This cards what to me with... or uh, uh, not cards. It's Scythers like Canada. Like fifty this. bucks to buy on Amazon. Yeah, it says games. not for kids under three. Under three. It says not for kids under three. It says adult at the bottom. Oh, ages sixteen on. plus. Sixteen plus. Wait, so what happens from four to fifteen? No, it's just that it's um. Like, cause there's like small pieces, not like the like. Uh, uh, you don't want even like small kids uh, around it. Um, so my 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 eight year old was probably not swallowed these. This is ages sixteen no. plus. It says sixteen plus. It says sixteen yeah. plus. Mm. Is, is there like yeah. a, is there something like there's there's quelf for quelf for teens as well. It's only twenty dollars on Amazon. Maybe I should oh, okay. Quelf for there you go. Teens. I mean, you could probably buy it like used, right? Like yeah, uh, used like, that. Game sounds. Like I would shout out the. Uh, I would shout as out. What does you have the pieces? Yeah. Who gives a crap? I always shout out the library and the movie ladder podcast, and you can actually get board games from the library as well. Really? So you know my, my library. You know, my wife just discovered you can get at the library, which she used for when we went on our interminable road trips, which have been mentioned on some other podcasts. Um, you can Antiques? Get these... <laughs> yeah, if you go at night, I'll, borrow, I'll borrow that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they have like these iPads, not not iPads. My kids call them iPads, like tablets, preloaded oh, really? games. But oh, they're, that's awesome. But they're for age. So like she got one, a three to five one. Uh, six to eight one and an eight to ten one and not only do those ages perfectly correspond with my kids but also each kid then has his own and there's no argument who it belongs to because each one is like a slightly different shape and a different color or whatever right that's awesome yeah so there was no fighting on the trip <laughs> all the okay. fighting was solved yeah the ipad solved all for had, there was nothing there was nothing else to fight about yeah they, they couldn't come up but with what that. else yeah what else could they possibly fight <laughs> what about? else would there be yeah um all right uh, the listeners uh, or the commenters, the rate, the, the episode raters on, on Apple podcasts who don't like the, the pre episode recap shenanigans are going to be very upset. <laughs> yeah, this is like a, this is like an episode of Doughboys, which you guys don't listen to, but they do uh, a solid hour and 15 minutes before they get to wow. uh, the actual topic. But we also did a bunch before we started clicking record. It's true. Yeah, those yeah. will be lost forever. The, um, just my memory. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll time stamp it for this episode because it's uh, a little bit of a. Uh, a little we bit get board much, game recommendations. We get movie recommendations. I think we were very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. There should be no. I, I feel like Jim Crumley probably knows all the best board games. 
Oh, so you're calling old? Us- Wait, Zach, Zach, no, you know there? I- do you know about the board game chat? No, there's a Wait, board game. Uh, chat? Do you know about it? No, but I wouldn't be interested in it because I don't play uh, board games. But I mean, yeah, there is watch a, people talk uh, about board games in the board the, game. The, a, I don't. The yeah, number of 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 thirty two fans. There's a thirty two fans board games. Yeah. Sub chats are like so ridiculous. So there's a board I, game chat. Yeah, so here we go. I, I'll send the teaser. So All I'm right. not in it, but I or I wasn't in it. But then I slid into those DMs because I wanted to buy a game for my kids. And so I said to them, hey, guys, um, is such an I like I heard a game was good. I said, it's such a, such a good game for kids this age. And they said, yeah. And then I went to buy it on Amazon and it was forty five dollars. And I was like, what? Forty five dollars for a game. And then one of the guys in the chat and this isn't like it took like an hour, like immediately takes a picture of like he sends a picture of his shelf. He's like, none of the games on this shelf cost less than two hundred dollars or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, there's people who collect like we are super casuals in the board game world, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, th- I always Which say, is the same as about, I am about sports or other things. Yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. best best thing about being a 32 fans patron is just like the vast resources available to me. I have a board game chat where I can yeah. board game questions. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know something about Star Wars spoilers. That's a group. Yeah. Fantasy baseball. Um, back to the future. Watch I was going to say time. back to the future live watch from the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, you that. just you could just like jump in there. You have a question about Survivor. Next thing you know, you've seen all the seasons one and a half. Time. Yeah. I've also <laughs> always seen every piece of news way before any of my other friends send me this piece of news. Right. Like somebody today sent me the high school football thing, and I was like, oh yeah, I saw that like thirty six hours ago. Yeah, yeah, it does spoil me though, because in other groups, somebody sends it, and I like we all call them old, or I call them old, and like well, yeah, and it's it's. Do you guys struggle with like not being an asshole when your friends send you stuff that you saw like yeah. 12 hours ago? Yeah. You're, you're yeah. like, you know, oh, no, just yell old at them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like my I don't, my, I don't even say old. I just do the emoji of the guy with a white beard. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that's what that was. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's if I send that yeah. to you, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Become a 32 fans patron. Um, yeah. I'm being very, very supportive of all the podcasts on this episode. Mm. Thank you. Uh, uh, speaking, yeah. speaking of uh, being old and having white beards, uh, I saw a friend of ours from high school uh, last night who I hadn't seen yeah. in a while. A and he had a white beard? No. His beard oh. was perfectly black, but he commented in my hair, yeah. and I didn't realize I've become quite an old man. Yeah, you have some on both sides, like near your ears. No, my, my hair, my, my, my kids, when asked to describe my hair color, don't say brown. So, Oh, I mean, you still have a good amount of brown. I don't know. Uh, no, it, it, doesn't like look, it doesn't look too gray. Uh, yeah, I, I think the whole front part here it's, looks what, what it is, is. It's sort of it's hard to describe it because it's not one color, basically. You know, I'd much rather uh, be going salt and pepper than going bald. So, yeah, I don't know oh, for sure. To, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's let's jump right into me and, uh, me and my luscious thick locks over yeah, here. He's taunting <laughs> us there. Yeah. Dark brown. Yeah. Yeah. Doing just fine. Um, all right. Let's, yeah. So let's get to uh, Larry in New York for our car let's periscope. Do it. Season eight, episode eight, car periscope. All right, so we're on the street with Larry. We're downtown. Um, notably, Where are we exactly? 10th and 5th. Yeah, 10th and 5th. So just uh, between about... Washington Square Park and Union Square. Yeah, so I was going to say, he's like right near Washington, Spark, Washington Square Park. So presumably he went back to get some more um, yeah, pills. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why he's down there. This whole episode basically takes place down there, which I assume is just because like that's where they got permit to film. And, yeah. you know, and, like it makes no sense because we know he's living like all the way uptown. So it's like why his whole life is downtown. Whatever. It, yeah. You know, it is what it is. Um, because it's like it seems like if you're if you're from New York, this makes a lot more sense because it's like it's like, like there's that whole Seinfeld joke of how 
allow, you know, people don't go even to other parts of the city because it's like traveling, um, even though it's like a 10 minute cab ride. Um, but Every yeah. time I go to New York, I travel all over the place because I just walk everywhere and I'll walk up yeah. on the high line. I'll just like walk for an hour. Especially yeah. now so that there's pod- I li- podcasts are invented. It's like I can just throw in headphones and walk for an hour and a half. And yeah, I lived I'd in I that. lived in Manhattan for like five years. I was I've never been to the high line. Oh, that's great. It wasn't, wasn't even a consideration to ever go to the Highline. No, it's nice. Oh. I, I went there a few times. No, meaning like I like I didn't go places like oh. I just like like stayed around my neighborhood. You didn't, take advantage, you didn't take advantage of the city. Of course not. No one takes advantage. Yeah. I live in Philadelphia. I ne- never, ever did I go to like like Liberty Bell. Oh, no, we did it stuff. the last week before graduating college. We're like we spent an entire week uh, right. of going because you realize like you're things. you're a dumb idiot that you lived in a city for four yeah. years yeah. and you never went to any of the shit there. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did like the last last like three weeks I lived in DC. I was like, oh, there's all these restaurants and places I wanted to go and museums and that I always said I was going to get to. I was going to get to and I never did. So yeah, uh, yeah. It just takes yeah. moving out to actually do that stuff. Yeah. The answer also is like so. Then like you go back back there with your kids and you do all of it in one day because really there isn't that much to do that's actually interesting. Um, which is what I did. Like we went back to Philadelphia last year and we did basically like all of Philadelphia that we care to do in a day. Um, well, I'm not here to make enemies of Philadelphia, but I'll just say there's much more than one day of stuff to do in New York. So, yes, yeah, yes, yes. There's many. Yeah. New York is, is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, when I first listened to 32 fans, which was back during the greatest living American tournament, that's how long ago this was. I was walking the High Line listening to 32 fans. It was the first time I'd ever listened to it. And I was catching up on all the other episodes. There you go. Like what? Twenty. 15 maybe so, so there's a couple spots on the high line where you can look into people's windows oh boy and, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going anywhere i'm just i'm out zach you know what i'm talking about right yeah it's like you're in the future like you're walking up in the middle of these huge high-rise apartments i mean there's lots of spots where you can see in people's windows though yeah no but That's some of the windows cool. are like right there it's yeah i mean i assume that's part of the intent of like the appeal is to face yeah the high it feels like you're walking in the future like you're Very way cool. up in the like in Blade Runner or something. Yeah, so we'll probably go there at some point. But yeah, um, so yeah, this whole this whole episode takes place downtown. Um, that's where it is. Um, so yeah, so Larry on the street, he's trying to hail a taxi, and this woman like jumps up right in front of him, and she starts waving down taxi right in front of him, and she gets the taxi first, and Larry goes ballistic. He's like, "What are you doing? You're upstreaming me." And she's like, yeah, of course, everyone upstreams. So welcome to New York. You shouldn't just stand there like a jackass. Yeah. Um, this city will eat you alive, buddy. <laughs> um, so Larry's like going on about how, you know, there's, there's, there's rules. What you're doing is going to lead to chaos. we got to live in a society. And, we, you know, we're, what your way is going to lead to anarchy. But she just like gets in the taxi, flips him off and drives away. Yeah. Speaking of the High Line, there is like this bird's eye view camera angle of the opening of this episode that like comes in from way up above. I don't know if you guys noticed that. And it yeah. actually reminds me a lot of the view you get from the Highland. When you're looking down at all the cars that are driving. There you about. go. Yeah. There you go. Episode is sponsored by the Highland. Yeah, by the Highland. Yeah, Check it out. It. Check it out. Whether you live in New York or you're just visiting. So I think they're know, a nonprofit actually. I believe they take donations. Yeah. 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 Go, go make a donation. That sounds fine. Yeah. Uh, we're pro Highline. Um, I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I love living in the city is I love cities that are very much either, that you can just walk or take public transportation. I hate cities where you need to drive places. So like yeah. I always hated LA, for example. Um, but when, so I, I sort of as a point of principle would like never take cabs in New York, but to the extent that I ever took a cab in the city, like to me, it, like in the pre Uber Lyft era, uh, the upstreaming thing is a very serious issue. It's a very serious issue, but it is yeah. what it is. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a free for all out there. That's, that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Now, the thing, no- yeah, I would usually do the opposite because like, my mindset is 
I'm not going to stand here waiting for a cab. I'm going to walk in the direction of where I'm going. Yes. Make the cab ride slightly shorter. Even if I'm going to like the airport in LaGuardia and I'm like, I'm, I'm walking like 1% of the total trip. I still like that's my mindset. But the problem is that I'm walking up, like I'm walking away from the traffic. Right. And so, and then I'm like further, I'm up, I'm, I'm downstreaming myself essentially. No, but that's the smart way to do it because cars are constantly, and the cars are going to be coming faster than you anyways. And there's always people looking for cabs and you're saving yourself time and money by walking closer to where you're trying to yeah, get. Yeah. But, but you're also not getting in a car because then you're just going, you're again, you're allowing everybody who's just standing there to upstream you. You're downstreaming yourself. Yeah, I love the move where like you like you like walk, but you're flagging. It's like you think you're accomplishing something. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just standing there, you're wasting. It's time. like it's it's kind of like when you're like you get off the highway and like take the streets because like at least it feels like you're doing something as opposed to sitting in traffic. Like yeah. I don't think that move like that move where like you're walking, get like I don't think you're like you're accomplishing anything. I think you just like feel like you're doing something. Yes, the time. Yeah, the relative the time is very very diminished. The relative time is very small, and also it's like you like you you just like literally don't know like who the cab is going to respond to and where, and it's just like yes. it's just survival the fittest out but, there. Yeah, it's random luck. Like just this like is my, you're this just is my as thing, likely though. to get it like, staying yeah. in your spot. I, I can't help like that's my like that's like right, for the same reason I can't stand on an escalator to me escalators are not rides they are you have to keep moving it just you know increases your uh, rate of getting there yes no, do you guys do you guys buy into the uh, you have to stand right walk left on escalators yeah I just ranted about that in, in one of yeah, these WhatsApp groups I think that, that's uh, I think most people understand that. that's my uh, biggest apparently that, not a lot that's of my biggest pet peeve well most people can understand it and there could still be a lot of people that don't well hold as on like we, as so, we learn in like ah, elections off ah, yeah. Zach Zach lived in D.C. Zach tell them how it works on the metro in D.C. if you're standing I mean on the it's left. it's like a it's a rule you stand on the right yeah. you walk on the left and if you're yeah. standing on the left which happens with tourists a lot of times or just idiots and you're you know you either have to tap them on the shoulder or you yell at them or just get pissed off and stand behind them. There's a bottleneck, but yeah, yeah. the expectation is that there's two lanes. Oh, I've, left but lane not even a walk. bottleneck. No, they will say stand on the right, walk on the left. Like they will like yell at strangers. And I love it by the way. That's my kind of place. Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah. But then you can't do that in other cities. Cause even in New York, like, yeah, the tourists just stand wherever they want. It's a free for all. Yeah. yeah in yeah. Beijing, if you stand on the wrong side of the escalator, they execute you. Mm. <laughs> what? I prefer that to New York. And is it, uh, do we know if it's right or left where you're supposed to be standing? Because I would hate to be standing on the wrong side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, right. It's just, the fifth, well, you just, you know, try to follow whatever follow else is doing. Other yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always sucks when you're, you're like unsure if you're supposed to be doing something a certain way and you're looking around and you're trying to pick up on social cues and you, you screw that up and you, uh, you stand on the wrong side or you, you screw something up that people are expecting that you would know. But that also leads that. to like people's like a lot of times you see people standing in line for no reason other than, oh, well, people are standing in line. I better get in line. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I yeah. walk right parallel um, to them. I'm like, but there's another one right here that nobody's using. That's very odd. For, for more stuff in this vein, watch The Push by Darren Brown on Netflix. Awesome, awesome that- thing. Yeah. It's like a guy who does like mental persuasion stuff. Hmm. Um. I'll tell you what the push is. Everyone should watch the push. It's one of the best things I've ever watched. We've had so many recommendations on this. It's on Netflix. I think it's about an hour. The premise of the show is, is that he is going to interact with a guy. He's going to have a guy come in. And by the end of the night, he will convince this guy of his own free will to push a complete stranger off the roof of a building. That's a little dark. dark. Yeah, that's that's the premise of the show. I mean, and, and he... So this, story, this is a one hour. It's special. like a one hour special. He's like okay. uh, yeah, he's like one of these that. like uh, mentalists, you know. Oh, guys. these are right up my alley. So it's like, it's like the Hulu thing. He's amazing. That, 
just the, the thing Chester was really right. obsessed with. Yeah, really. this is one of my favorite things I've ever seen. The push. All right. so I think uh, I believe it's still on Netflix. So everyone check it out. Yes, I will. I will watch. Alex, it I, I assume you'll be, you'll be after we watch this. You'll watch. Uh, Mr. He's Trophy, actually going to watch it while we're recording. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, the, I'll the only a, thing is, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna see if I can propose watching this one with my wife, but that depends how late we end this podcast today, so it might not be happening. All right, Darren all Brown, right. the push. There it is. No, I'm not uh, trying to rush. I'm not trying to rush anything along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just making a all prediction. Right. Yeah. All right, let's get going. All right. Hmm. All right. So it's uh, the following day or later that day. We don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Larry is running in Washington Square Park. It's, with it's his two trainer. o'clock in the afternoon. Because that's when he always meets with the trainer. Oh, so there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that's probably later the same day. Um, and he's with his trainer, Terry, uh, played by Shane Jackson. Uh, you probably know him from um, either 30 Rock or Glee. Um, he was also on Broadway a ton. Um, so he's like, he's clearly, a, and I, he's like a musician in his own right also. I think he's put out like a couple albums. So uh, potential, um, what's it called? Uh, EGOT winner mm, over here. Wow. He's, you're um, calling very, him EGOT uh, for Cheyenne Jackson. I'm not saying that he's going to win. I'm saying like he has like the full package that like he could. I've always thought of him together. as a handsomer Colin Jost. Interesting. Oh. Uh, what does Scarlett Johansson think about that? I mean, Scarlett Johansson settled for the less handsome Colin Jost. Yeah. So. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've never seen him before. I don't think. Who, Cheyenne Jackson? No, but he kind of reminds me of Reed from Survivor. Um, like Reed of Reed and Josh. That's what I was thinking when I saw him. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, now, I have a question. So Terry, the trainer, you know, we as, as he starts running with Larry in the park and, and, and as the scene starts, he says, all right, 30 seconds and we're going to do one more. And he's like, one more? He's like, yeah, we're going to do one more. And then he just bails. Larry never does the final set. Like, what happened? He does that a couple oh, times. Oh, no. Well, Larry, Larry says, says he's not. He says he's not going to. Yeah, Larry's like, yeah, I don't want to. And Terry's like, no, no, you got to do it. I one more rep. Come on. No, I think he says, he, I think Larry says, no, he chooses not to run. Oh, Oh, okay. I think Larry's like, no, the, la- the last one. That was the last one. You're trying to sneak in another one now. If you, I'm not if doing you it. could pay your trainer to like not make you train, then like the whole point is you're paying them to force you to train when you don't want to. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I think he's just like calling his integrity into question. He's like, no, you said the last one was the last one. Like, oh, you're saying, bullshit. oh, so you're saying that Terry's actually wrong on the numbers, or he's just like pulling a bait and switch. He's doing uh, what trainers do, which is they tell you five more, and then they're like, okay, three more. Like now on top of it, you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. No, like, well, the three no, doesn't it. seem like as I mean, much after five. I, 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 I do that to my kids with how many bites they have left. I don't want it to be done to me. Yeah, right. Very manipulative. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the trainer is like, all right, fine, let's call it a day. How are your shoulders doing? And Larry says they're fine, and they agree, same time, same place tomorrow. Yep, two o'clock every day. Two o'clock every that's day. That's it. That's I mean, Larry has a lot of money, but it's expensive to work out with a trainer once a week to do it every day. Like that's gotta be a hefty chunk of change. And why uh, is yeah. Larry even doing this? Like, what is because he he's for? got he's got half oh, a million dollars and nothing to do all day, and he's got a bum shoulder. And he's got to get back into shape now that he's, you know, he doesn't want to just perform. Yeah, he's on the market. Yeah, he's out there. And if I see him out there. Yeah. And as we've heard, his arms are a very big part of his uh, his repertoire. Apparently. Yeah. As they are. Yeah, I do. So did he did Larry say to to Terry? All right, we'll meet at two o'clock in Washington Square Park right next to the old guy dealing. Dealing pills of Viagra. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Larry probably goes there, picks up, and then meets Terry. Like he doesn't want Terry to know that he's getting pills. Oh, okay. Unless you think Terry gets from the same guy. I don't know. I don't think Terry's at that stage yet where he has to. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I, not I, those pills. Yeah, yeah I bet Terry's say, doing yeah. a. Terry's doing something else up in the park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or maybe that. You know. In, in my life, I will admit, in my life, asking a stranger if they knew where I could acquire something in that in that very park. 
How did it work um, out? I don't remember. I just remember asking a couple of different strangers. <laughs> did you have to sit next to a really creepy old man on a bench <laughs> with a hooker? Probably. <laughs> no, I think that was his granddaughter. All right. So we uh, we head over to Chelsea Piers. Uh, this, this is where I was on that story where I tell on the, uh, the Seinfeld finale when we were stuck in traffic. It's because we had been at Chelsea Piers. Mm. So that's where Larry and Jared are uh, hitting some golf balls. Um, and Larry's like really happy. His shoulder feels great as he's playing some golf. And he's like telling Jeff about how his new crater is so great. He's, you know, he's really, you know, whipping me into shape. He's fixing everything. Uh, Jeff's not a fan of trainers. He doesn't like being told what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which I agree with. So like I have like one of my big pet peeves is like with those workout videos. So like there's two types of trainers. There's trainers that do the workout with you and there's trainers that just stand there. And I hate the, the, the trainers that just stand there because it's like, yes, I know they could do it, but like, I feel like it's very hypocritical for them to insist that like, Oh, you could do it. Come on five more. You could do it. Like you're not doing any, like who are you to talk? Like it drives me crazy when they don't do the exercise on the video. What's your take on that, Zach? Uh, I mean, well, so I, I got Orange Theory most days, and the coaches there don't do the workouts. They're walking Yeah, I mean, why, why, why would they? Yeah. Uh, and well, this is a video. This is a video that they're not correct. No, but, no, but, but I mean, wait, why would they? Because they, they do in like a lot of classes. Sometimes they do. Like, yeah, like a lot of like, they, yeah, spin like classes or classes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, now a lot of them, they, they, they have like a whole class of people. So like he has to go work with them, but yeah, I, right, some yeah. of them, they do it. I, I, yeah. So anyway, but Terry ahead. is doing it. Terry's running with, with Larry. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Terry oh, no, is probably, I, I mean, the thing is what, what Larry's doing is probably very easy for Terry. Yeah, exactly. Essentially oh, yeah, walking yeah, around. I'm sure. So <laughs> right. This is not exactly Mandelbaum level. Yeah. Um, but I, I love working out with uh, I love working out with some sort of trainer or coach because then I don't have to use my brain at all. Like I used to go to the gym and I'd like bring a notebook and be like, all right, I'm doing like X reps of this and you know this right. many sets. And it's like, it, why am I using my brain? Why not just pay somebody to be like, do this for this amount of time, you're done. Do this for this amount of time. It just takes away one right. element of working out, and you just right. have you just have it. Also forces for you. you just like put it on your calendar and go. Right, that too, because if you don't go, then you're going to get billed, or you're gonna right. You're going to feel stupid paying yeah. to not go. So yeah, uh, Chester, break the tie. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I'm sort of no. I, I mean, I've never had a trainer. I've had oh, like a I'm pro. Tra- I'm I've pro trainer. I just yeah, hate, I would like. To I just hate the trainer videos thing, where they don't but, do the work. No, but yeah. So I'm going to disagree with Av there. What I actually really like is I like the videos. So. Some some of these people, like on Peloton, like some of these uh, teachers, they always say, and remember, every step you take, I take too. Like that's part of the like their pump up method, and they're constantly reassuring you of that. I guess because in case you're an av and that's important to you. To me, I actually like the ones who don't say that and are doing it with you for the most part. But then they sort of stop to tell a story or stop to pump you up, and then I sort of catch them and I feel like like a I'm like oh I caught you. You're you're just using an excuse. You're pretending you're like all emotional. <laughs> you just don't want to bike right now because your legs are tired. Yeah. So I like to catch them. It makes well, me feel and, Alex's and it, favorite part of Peloton is catching the instructors in a line. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's all he does. It he, he rides for four hours. He's like ah. You're Isn't like, it like a little discouraging too when you're in a really tough workout and you can barely breathe? You can't can't talk and then this this instructor is like yeah. talking giving commands while they're doing the exact same thing as you it's like well it's so easy for this person it's so hard for me i'd rather they just not be doing it at all and we just mm. eliminate that so you don't feel bad you're saying yeah <laughs> so i don't know um yeah my, my kids um w- uh, at some point like when they've been in the room when i've like been on the bike they say to me like why is the only thing you can say when you're on the bike is huh <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah, that yeah. bike is hard. Um, yeah, so um, 
Larry's like, oh, really? You don't like being told what to do? That's why you married Susie, huh? Yeah. And Jeff's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Ha ha. Well, you know, that's why I don't want anyone else telling me what to do. Like, I already have enough of that from Susie. And Susie does call him a fat fuck a lot. <laughs> yeah, she would be a good trainer. She, yeah, she'd be a great trainer. Yeah. Or maybe very bad because yeah, look probably, at the evidence. Yeah. 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 Probably, maybe. yeah. Not everyone responds well to negative reinforcement. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so is this a real place? This where they're playing golf? This is like a, you can go yeah, there and just, actually this is, hit, hit balls. Like, yeah, it's, actually it's, it's expensive, though. It's not like, say, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, on the uh, on the Hudson River on the west side of Manhattan. I'm gonna I'm so gonna like guess super expensive top golf, basically. Well, no, I don't think bunch, it... there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can do there also. Oh, it's like yeah, there's a million things. There's basketball yeah. courses, there's gymnastics, there's like a sports field, super place. Football. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, exactly. It's like the metal. Like high school would like... take us there on like like a fun field trip for the whole school mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right, like for the day, and like there's just like a million different games and sports you can. Yeah, play. I remember, I remember, I think I've seen it from like afar, but I didn't know what was actually in there. Yeah, it's a really really cool place. Um, and like the the prices are expensive, but they're not like insane for the most part. I mean, you get a great view too from there. So yeah, you like, do it. Well, yeah. you're mostly inside. Yeah, most of the almost the whole complex is in there. unless you're unless you're hitting balls. I guess yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's uh, let's head into our first clip um, as Larry and Jeff continue their conversation. We really got to get going, man. Now that view is ridiculous. I'm taking you to an inventor. What do, what do they invent? I have no idea what he's invented or what he's about to invent or what's going so on. So what, he's pitching us his invention? My cousin, all his friends say this guy is brilliant. I, I'm an inventor. You're not an inventor. I have a million ideas for things. But that doesn't mean you're an I inventor. Just I, I just don't know how to implement it. What have you invented? What? A ski that comes in two pieces. You screw it on, okay? Like a pool cue. Wait a minute, a ski? A ski, yes. That you screw on? Yes, so you don't have to carry these big giant skis around where do i buy that like i said i need the implementer okay you're an idea man go with me on that one you're an idea man i'm an idea idea man who comes up with invention (laughs) no there are no inventions in your world well that's an invention the ski that comes in two pieces is an invention that's an invention you implement it (laughs) well we have a difference of opinion on implementation all right uh we gotta get going literally a couple more balls and then we gotta go to the inventor I, I love when they laugh like that because you know it's yeah. so genuine. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That I, scene felt like there was so much, there were so many like awkward pauses in there. That felt more like improv, like the whole scene, not just the clip that you played, than any other scene in this episode. It felt like there just felt like a lot of improv in that. Yeah. That just felt, yeah, very much just like they're just shooting the shit. They need to just get invention concept in exactly. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big sucker for like, for like ridiculous inventions, um, which is one of the reasons why I find this episode fun. Um, is, yeah. I love just like when people are like pitching their, oh, I thought of this like, you know, and like, yeah. And okay. Now go do it. Like, um, yeah. Do you guys yeah. ever had any good inventions that you haven't implemented? Um, I'm sure I have over the years. I mean, but I I, I, have, I, I, have one. I I kind of forget about them once they don't you know I don't uh, follow up on them. No, I think I have one. Um, so when when you're a man, when no matter how, and I know there's like a military style tuck, whatever. When you tuck in your shirt, if you're wearing a dress shirt, like a button down dress shirt, when you tuck in your shirt to your pants, it's never smooth. It always there's always like a, an amount of bunching up, especially if you're moving around at all, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and so whereas uh, on a baby, for example, on a baby when you put their onesie on because it goes all the way under and then like has those little snaps, it's always perfectly smooth and straight. You put, you put your, your kid's onesie on, then you put a pair are you, of pants. Are you pitching us on onesies for adults? <laughs> no. So the problem is very, very unsexy. I understand that. 
right? But if you had something that was going all the way around, right? Right. But there has. But I think you, you need the tautness. Yeah, exactly. I want the tautness. So you want you basically measure yourself from like your neck all the way around to like the back of your neck, and then you can have it as tight or as loose as you want. But then if you want to have your shirt tucked in with your pants like a dress shirt, and people would be like really impressed all day. Like, look at that. Like, no matter how he moves, it's like perfectly tucked. So yeah, but I'm only the idea man. You could you could also just like go on both sides. You could like staple both to your. To your yeah, legs. I was gonna say, don't they have like shirts with buttons that you can like button the shirt into your pants, like old style? I feel like yeah. That's so yeah, it's yeah, like you, suspenders, like the other way. Yeah, yeah, but so <laughs> to hold your your shirt. Yeah, so, down. This is like so, when in, so, in Silicon Valley, what, what I thought of is a piece. It's like a piece you could bus. attach to the, front <laughs> right. of the back of the shirt, but it'd be removable, right? So you you have it on, so your shirt's perfectly tight. You're wearing the onesie on the date. The woman is so impressed. She's like, let's go back to my place. And you say, all right, just give me one second. I go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom. You unzip or you undo the buttons. You put that piece in your in your briefcase or whatever, your backpack, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And it just looks like a regular shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's my idea. We have a difference of opinion of implementation. <laughs> <laughs> now, we skipped over the conversation about this thing and this thing, too. No, that's later. Oh, that's later. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, that's later. Yeah, okay. I mean, this this whole thing is also just like very much with like uh, Jerry and Kramer with the levels. Yeah, where it's like, well, it could yeah. be done. It's like, well, yeah, but like, do it. Let's see. Let's see how. Let, you know, see, let's see it in action. I don't actually uh, think the two piece ski is a bad idea. I know it becomes a bad idea later. Like they say, it's a bad idea later in the episode. I think it makes a lot of sense because skis are so long that they have to make cars with like a special compartment for your key to, for your skis to go through. If you have like a sedan, like right. But, hold on, but Zach, are like you a, a skier? Like a thing that, no. Okay. But so like, when you when you ski, they screw. They will rotate a screw on your ski one like thirty second of an inch, and that has a dramatic difference on like on your performance as you're skiing. So I feel like. To have the entire thing screwed into two pieces, the calibration would not be like for like a kid. It might be fine. Who's like going down like a right. It, this might be for like more for a casual skier. Right. For somebody who's not like I'm like not an Olympic skier, but no, just like somebody who's, who's like, I want to be able to ski, know. but not have to like either get like a roof rack for my skis or yeah. like fold down this thing in the back of my car. Like I just want to also don't want to like break your legs. So. No. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You don't. Yeah, I mean, I've gone skiing one time in my entire life. So I know nothing about skiing, but I'm happy <laughs> to throw in my opinion on the subject. Um, and I think Zach is right. Um, I think for the casual <laughs> skier, this works just fine. Like it'll be fine. Skiing is like such, I, I've done it a couple of times and there's good ski hills in Michigan too. And it's just, it's such a, like, it's a whole to do. You have to have so much equipment and you so have to expensive. have so snow pants and, and it's like going to the beach, and, except it's yeah. freezing. Yeah. And, and like you're, you, there's a good risk that you're going to break your leg. Hmm. Like at the beach, you're not going to break your leg. My father broke his leg skiing, actually. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> People's personal ski choices are nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I remember as a kid, even like, I feel like you could ski. You could go to like the cheap, like the cheap, like public places around where I live for like $30. And that's not cheap. That's still $30. And then renting was another like 15 or 20. So that was like $50 just right there. And that's 25 years ago in Minnesota. Now in New York, it's like starting like $150 for one day. At like- you got to wear like super, uh, you know, super uncomfortable boots all day. And you just feel like crap. I don't know. It's, it's, I will I'd say the feeling, the the idea feeling though, sounds awesome. taking the boots off at the end of the day, it's similar like to ice skating, same thing or rollerblading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you take them off and you're on like terra firma again, it's like a very nice feeling. Yeah. You know, it's similar. And I'm thinking of it because I'm standing right now as I have a standing desk. So I stand all day at work. And when I sit down at the end of the day, it is the best. It is just as good as taking off ski boots. Mm, Yeah. So I would recommend everybody get a a standing desk just so you can sit down at the end of the day. It's fantastic. 
yeah um i have a standing desk or you, i don't stand yeah at. or you right or you can just have like a sitting desk the whole time <laughs> so you're always sitting i was very anti-standing desk for a long time then i got one and it's i'm i'm all for it it's great it's really all good right. for podcasting too i think you have a lot more energy you can project more when you're not like laying back in your bed so it's definitely healthier it's unquestionably healthier yeah yeah I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Terry um, the trainer would recommend a standing desk. Hmm, I'm absolutely, sure. he would. Yeah, yeah, but he's not I an honest broker, I, have so I, I don't believe what he says. Unfortunately, yeah. I work from home, so. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we they uh, Larry and Jeff head out. They're heading over to their meeting with the investor, and Larry and Jeff. Larry tells Jeff that they're actually like right now walking on the very spot where Larry lost his virginity. Um, namely, it was right here in that building on the corner of Great Jones and Lafayette. And Jerry doesn't, uh, Jeff doesn't believe it. Um, and he says, yeah, right there with Susan Fleshner. Um, I happen to uh, have Googled the name Susan Fleshner and I discovered there was a woman who was married on the 23rd of September, 1966, named Miss Susan Fleshner, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Cecil Fleshner, 1049 Park Avenue was married last evening to Edmund Charles Semmel, son of Mr. and Mrs. Samuel Semmel of Brooklyn. The ceremony at the Carlisle Hotel was performed by the Reverend Dr. Julius Mark, senior rabbi of Temple Emmanuel. So this woman got married in 1966. Larry David was born in 1947. So he would have been 19. So I'm going to say there's a decent chance that this is the, the Susan Fleckner. <laughs> so you're saying Larry David actually lost his virginity to an old, older woman, a slightly older woman. Why slightly older? She could have been right right around his age. He would have been 19 the year that she got married. Why can't she have been yeah. 19, 20? Oh, it, it, because in my head, Larry Dave didn't lose his virginity until he was like 23. Oh, OK, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. I think I always I just assumed Susan Fleshner was a uh, made up name. Just a generic Jewish name. Yeah. I think well, I'm, I'm sure the word, the word Flesh in her last name. Like, I'm sure it is. But it's also possible that like he knows this person. I choose to believe uh, uh, is, is the husband still alive? The husband is uh, I don't yeah I don't know well we could I don't know if either of them are alive. I thought didn't what weren't you reading an obituary for a season? No, I was reading her marriage notice. Hold on, you could find a marriage notice from 1966, but nothing thereafter about this person. Oh, What's... I mean, well, I mean that makes sense. This was in a this was like in the New York Times. Like people pay to have their marriage announced in the New York Times. Most people are not otherwise in the newspaper. No, like, but a person like that, that... Would also obituaries are much more common than marriage announcements. So, so maybe so... she's not dead and she's just like a random regular person who isn't like <laughs> like in the newspaper. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's pretty impressive because if she got married in 1966, right? Oh, I mean, so I, if her... you Google Susan Fleshner, there's a million. Oh, so it's, oh, you just but... picked this one because of the timing. I saw one random one and it was this. And oh, I, was like, oh, oh. I thought this was like, oh, the like, oh I wonder Fleshner. if this is her. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the main hits is the script of this episode is on the first page of Google results. Yeah. Well, if that's your list for when Larry's on the podcast. If I, if, no, if I ever yeah. meet Miss Susan Fleshner, who may still be when alive he's, when he's back on the podcast. Does, yeah, she yeah. Still, does she still live in New York? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, well, if I ever meet Miss Susan Fleshner, I'll ask her if she uh, if Larry David lost his virginity to her. Uh, she was uh, she's she lived in the city and she married a guy from Brooklyn. So mm. she probably knew Larry David. You know, what I'll just say to her, I'll just say, do you ever hang around Great Jones? And then I'll just give her the Larry <laughs> David eye, you know, <laughs> see how she reacts to that one. Yeah. Yeah. We know what you're up to, Susan Fleshner. Yeah. You should have locked that down with Larry David. Big I mean, I mean, yeah, she probably. Yeah, who would have thought though? Larry yeah, how much is uh, how much is Samuel Semmel of Brooklyn worth? <laughs> probably not four hundred million dollars, right? Yeah, probably not. 
Probably not. This yeah, probably Samuel from he probably, Samuel he, Adams. He probably owns like all the real estate on the Lower East Side. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so we're gonna head into the building <laughs> to uh, the meeting of the investor. All right, we're up to uh, yeah, we're like the second scene of the episode. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is a lo- this is a long clip. The mirrors, which are forty five degree angles, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a mirror on the bottom, the mirror on the top, right? I mean, that's how it works, and it just you pu- you push a button in the car, yeah. and it comes right up. Car periscope. Car periscope. Exactly. You know what? What? I've I've actually thought of. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I swear I've been in cars and I, I and I want to you know I'm stuck in traffic and I'm thinking there should be a periscope. You thought of you actually thought of. <laughs> I don't mean I, I honestly did. It's a great idea. Yeah, but you just didn't know what to do with the idea. No, of course anyway, not. So so what I what I did was I have a, a crude prototype, right? I mean, kind of like this that that I had mounted in my old bubble. I mean, I'd love for you to test drive it. But what I'm looking to raise money for is, um, is this. Here we have a fully articulated antenna, okay? It's locked up into the car. You push a button on the dashboard. It comes up. Then a camera at the top sends a live image to a screen onto the dashboard. Just like if you put it the car in reverse, you know, you see that picture. Fantastic. And let me ask you this question. Yeah, Can sure. you see over S- SUVs? Of course. This periscope is going to be on every single car in the world. Everyone wants to see where the traffic is. Everyone wants to see what's going on ahead of them. Remember these? Do you know a kid once stabbed me in class? Guess what? Yeah. With the pencil side, thank God. That side, I wouldn't be here think, no. looking at your invention. You know what? I could, I could make circles for like four hours. Really? I, I love this so much, yes. They don't let us do it on CSS. Huh. Compass. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's basically it. I mean, hey, I, I have an idea. Yeah. Something. <laughs> you know, when people go skiing, the ski's like really long. <laughs> He's selling this one so hard. Like a ski that you screw in like a pool cue. So it's easy to carry. What do you think? It's an idea. It's an idea. Yeah. That's not really an invention. <laughs> it's like the same <laughs> thing, like when you like try to pitch like a bit to like a comedian. Yeah. Seed money. That, that's that's basically it. Excuse me. One second. Well, you know what? Um, you know, it's pretty. I, I mean, I like it, but it, it's a great idea. But who really? Who is this guy? Why should we trust him? This could be a big, elaborate con game, <laughs> for all we know. You think it would be con game? You know, look at the Sting. That's elaborate. I never saw it. I saw uh, the Sting 2. <laughs> you didn't see the Sting? No, but the Sting 2, you saw the Jackie Sting Gleason, two? pretty good. I mean, what kind of idiots see Sting 2 and not Sting uh-huh. 1? I don't remember back then, but I'm just telling you, I didn't see Sting 1, I saw Sting 2. You must be the only person in the world who saw Sting 2 and not Sting and 1. And didn't see Sting yeah, 1. Yeah, I would bet that you are. All right, look. We'll tell him. We'll think about it. It's a great idea. It's about what he was going to tell uh, say, NBC, right? Hey, so what do you think? Well, think about yeah, it. Well, yeah, we're going to think about it. A little bit of investment is going to go a long way. Sounds exciting. We'll so, a very exciting project. Thank very, you. I'm, I'm very really much. excited about hey, it. Very nice to meet you. Yeah, same. Hi. Hi. Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Careful, that's Tony's yeah. sister. Hi. Larry. Yeah. Larry, hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, I'm Mark's wife. Nice. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Do you guys like the invention? Sure. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, good, good. Thank you. Very clever. Yeah, isn't yeah. it so cool? He it's is a... so talented. Yeah, we're going to be thinking about it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, okay. great. Sounds okay. great. I think we can make wait. a lot of money to. with it, too. I hope Don't so. Nice, nice to meet you. Take care. <laughs> okay, take care. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, right? How much more okay. are we watching? Are we just watching the whole episode? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Any questions I had about this guy? 
We're just answered. Without a doubt. He's smart. He's good-looking. He can have anybody. He chose her. That tells you everything you need to know. This guy's got integrity. I trust him now. I trust him completely. I trust him. You trust him, too? I do, absolutely. You know what? Hmm. We need to test drive it, though. All right. We got to test All the right. prototype. Let's go tell him. Yeah, no, I know. That was long. Um, that was a lot, that was a lot to discuss. <laughs> well, yeah, I couldn't, figure out, I couldn't figure out the right place to cut it because it's like oh. there's like good stuff in the beginning, middle, and Let's end. just watch the whole episode next time. Yeah, well, we, could, we could do that one episode. I bet that actually would be fun. Yeah. Um, um, all right. All so right. But, I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, well, okay, Zach, uh, tell me your, your take on, well, actually, what, where do you think the car periscope comes from? Did Larry David invent that? Like, how does that story come to end up in this episode of Curb? Without Googling it or actually knowing the answer. I have, I have no idea where it came from. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, it sounds crazy until you actually see them use it. And then it actually it make, kind of makes sense. Oh, oh and now it's ready to invest also. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, well the, thing, mean, the thing about the car periscope is that it's like, it's good in theory, but it's like stupid because like that scenario doesn't really happen that often where it's like, oh, we got to get out the car periscope. It's like right. 99% of the time you don't need to have a car. Yeah, you would just use it for car. fun. You would, you'd be bored in the car. <laughs> right. and like the passenger's big, oh, I'm going to like look around right. using the periscope. I mean, um, the, the problem with it is that, and I'm surprised it didn't happen in this episode is that you would be driving under like a bridge or something and you would knock the periscope off the car. Yeah, you forget your height when you right. have the height limitations. Yeah, you go into a parking garage and you would hit the top of it. Yeah. Here's what so, I don't um, understand. Well, about go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I actually have an answer to your original question in the form of a bonus clip um, oh. as, to, as, <laughs> okay. to where, as to where this idea came bonus from. Bonus clip. All right. Uh, Let's see a bonus but, clip. Um, but no, I don't know if you wanted to say a thing first. Well, I was just going to say like the actual invention that he shows them is essentially an extra antenna on your car, albeit one that comes out of the middle of the car for some reason, with a little camera on the top that shows up on, on the screen inside your car. Right. So why the fuck is he using this monster binocular contraption that has because he nothing doesn't... to do whatsoever with the invention? Like, we understand the concept, but the well, prototype no, you, but is you, totally no, but unrelated. You need, but you need to see, be able to see far ahead. That's the whole point of it. He needs to show the use of the car periscope before he somebody gives him. Like the whole point is he's trying to sell Larry on the money to invest so that he can make the like fancy version of this. But he's not going to make the fancy version until he has an investor. Okay, all right. And then he has, and then and then he built some kind of like rack into the uh, sunlight of his old Volvo, essentially. Yes, and I love the way it looks. I don't know if that'll be a clip that you have coming up, but them driving with the car periscope, like it just looks so silly. That I laughed really hard doing that. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a very ridiculous yeah. thing. Um, are, we, are we gonna see a bonus so, clip though? You said off. Yeah, so we have a yeah, bonus clip as but, to um, the art. Yeah, go ahead, Zach. So what I was just gonna say two things about this episode that get very outdated very quickly. Is the first is the whole cab upstream thing. This episode came out in 2011, and Uber and Lyft were what 2012, 2013. So that's immediately outdated. And the car periscope is outdated by Google Maps, where you can see like, oh, there's a crash ahead. I should take. I should get off the road. Like all of this stuff has been very outdated very quickly. Yeah, I don't Although know. I, I, I will say there was, I, I think, a pretty large in between period of where Uber existed, but like, wasn't like, oh, you, you don't take cabs anymore because you just like, like Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it isn't like, it wasn't always like it was now. It's like you, you might call an Uber, but like, you might also just like go to the street and hail a cab because mm-hmm. there were still a ton of them. For well, I, I, I actually remember because I can think of based on where, where I was working and when I was taking cabs and when I was taking Ubers. I can remember 2012 is when they became ubiquitous in New York. Oh, was it? Okay. So, so two, I, no, but I was, but in, but in I was 2011, in 2013, in 2011, no, literally nobody was using them. Okay. So then, but then, so then you're just, no, no, excuse me. no, no, 2013, 2013. Sorry, I'm wrong. 
2013. By 2013, there was basically like everyone just Ubered. Like you didn't even bother thinking. There of, are of the cabs. Cab. No, you still would see people in cabs. And I'd always be wondering, like, why are you doing that? Like, this is apps now. Right. OK. Sort of like yeah, I would. You still see yeah. tons of yellow cabs driving around New York City and there's cab apps also. Now you can, you know. Um, right. Yeah. OK. So to answer Alex's question of where did this idea come from, we're going to go back to the season seven finale of Seinfeld, The Invitations. With a special bonus clip. See ya. Huh, me and Kramer. Hey, buddy! Hey, I thought of a great invention for driving. A periscope in a car so you can see the traffic. What? How are you gonna drive? Well, you're looking through a periscope. Besides which, it's not a submarine. There's no room for a periscope in a car. No, you make a higher roof. They're not making higher roofs. Well, why can't you make a higher roof? Because it's a stupid idea. No one's going to go for it. Don't you understand? It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. How did I not remember that? So, um, yeah. So I think it would be fair to say that this is this is Larry David's idea. <laughs> but he was, of course, uh, the writer of the invitations is that I guess that is his that's his last episode on the show, right? Until the finale. Yeah, right. Until the finale. Yes. How did uh, I right. not remember that? That's incredible. I have to go rewatch Seinfeld. Or it's a good television yeah. show. Did it's you just upstream show. Jared Jerome's email? Um, <laughs> yeah, he no, does. Spo- spoiler alert for the postman. There is no Jared Jerome. You know this one. Jared Jerome is on vacation. Oh, oh, so, it's, okay. so it's not going to be a long episode then. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it will. We could cut 25 minutes out. Yeah. Now, now, when when he said, what kind of idiots see Sting 2 or not Sting 1, I was laughing sorry because <laughs> I thought that was going to be your intro line off. Oh, interesting. I well, I've seen Sting 1 and not Sting 2. You no, though have seen Kill Bill 2, but yes. not Kill Bill 1. Yeah. So, right. uh, so, so, Zach, yeah, I've seen Kill Bill Volume 2, but not Volume That's 1. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Ob is very upset really. why I didn't watch the, f- the first movie before I watched the sequel, because, of course, uh, that was going um, to be one of my questions for you is what what are there any movies that you've seen the sequel and not the first one? I don't no, think well, well, Ob, Ob says me. it's one movie and I just missed the first half. Kind of. Um, oh, you, we, you're, not, um, you're not so strong on that one anymore. No, I mean, I, I mean, it definitely is like one continuous story where if you just yeah. start watching in the middle, there's no way you're going to enjoy it. I can't don't know what's tell happening. You, you what missed happening. the first half of the story. Yeah, I can't tell you what happened in Kill Bill 1 versus Kill Bill 2, except like the very beginning of Kill Bill 1 and the very end of Kill Bill 2. It's also like not chronological because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. So it's right. like you just like missed a lot of background and story and character. And like, very you're cool not going to like it as well. Um, so this impacted we do, my dislike. Should, should, should we do a bonus episode on the Kill Bill movies? Well, I mean, at some point they'll probably come up on the Movie Ladder podcast and then Chester can be the guest. That's true. I haven't yeah. seen it, though. Right. Well, that's that's why it's good. I see. You would watch, I will, okay. you would watch it right. to be the guest. Okay, yeah, yeah. so l- let's let's turn to another part of that very long clip we watched, which is yeah. Janice Soprano. Oh, all right. Um. Uh. So this is Ida Totoro, cousin of John. She's called by her agent, told Kerwin this and wants you. Amazing. What's the role? <laughs> A woman who is so unattractive that for her husband <laughs> to have chosen her must indicate that he has incredible integrity. <laughs> that's a rough conversation. And by the way, she's not a bad looking woman. I don't know. I mean, like, and by the way, maybe this guy couldn't get any woman, right? Like, maybe he's not so smart, success, successful. Maybe he is a scammer. And the fact right. that he has this wife is proof the fact that he's a scammer. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's a drug dealer, scam yeah. artist, yeah, been, been in jail. Yeah. Or, or, or perhaps the idea that your spouse, no matter how attractive or unattractive, is not evidence in either direction. 
of your intelligence. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting idea that the episode goes way too far with, um, as Kerbal often does with these sorts of things. But yeah, like the fact that now, like all of a sudden, everyone in the universe, this is how they operate. They trust people who are married to ugly people and they yeah. distrust people who are married to beautiful people. Yeah. yeah as they, if, right. Right. That's how it works. It's not the exact opposite. Jen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, they, they needed a, a term for this, right? Like they have cab upstreaming. They needed a term for when. Uh, you know, when you can trust somebody who have a lot of integrity because of their mm. wife. Like, I feel like, like Seinfeld and Curb are really good at just like assigning some term and it would have become you know, a term people are using, uh, you know, where it's like they uh, like the opposite of outkick their coverage, whatever that would be like. Yeah. Now, there's, like, there's, there's, I, I agree. A, it's a sentiment that rings true that like when like you see someone in that scenario, you're like you have a tendency to think like, oh, like, well, they're like they're a good person. Like they were able to, you know, you know, they're not sha- they're not shallow. Yeah, like, not they shallow, care about yeah. values and personality, whatever. Like shallow. Uh, hell. So like they're probably not going to be the type of person to screw you over, although I, I don't agree. Like whatever. Yeah. Anyone could screw you over. Yeah. I only saw shallow hell, too. I don't know. About shallow hell. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, I'm going to see if you guys can guess. Which movie, a very well-regarded Oscar-winning movie, um, does not have any curb guests that I can think of, but it, it might. Um, but which movie... Yeah. Huh? Is there more to this question? Because so yeah. there's a lot which, of things to guess. Which, which movie <laughs> after... Which movie after watching this scene of Curb last week when I watched it, did I then pause Curb and go down a rabbit hole of watching this entire movie? Based on this scene? Yeah. Based but on it, this concept, based on the concept of the attractiveness of one's spouse being a way oh, to judge someone. Interesting. Hmm. You stopped watching Curb to go watch a movie based on that concept. Yeah, I'll give you a clue. It's a, it's movie, a movie that you. Brad, oh, Brad Pitt is the star of the movie. Brad Pitt. Is... Button? No. I don't know why it's the first one that came to mind. Uh... <laughs> so it's, a, it's in a movie where that Brad Pitt is like married or dates someone who is much less attractive than him? No, it's a thing that's mentioned in, in very, very, very passing reference in this movie. <laughs> so you watch the whole movie for this. <laughs> All right. So ba- baseball scouts allegedly oh, judge ball. and reject prospects based uh-huh. on their girlfriends, right? And if you have an ugly girlfriend, which is the opposite of what LD is saying here, if you have an ugly girlfriend, it means you, you don't have enough confidence. And so you're not going to be a good performer. You're not going to be a good player. According to these scouts. Yeah. But this was like such a trope that, that he writes it. It's in the Moneyball book and it's in the movie right. in the scene right. with the, with all the scouts. And one of the scouts is he has an ugly girlfriend. And then yeah, everyone knows the real way to know if his prospects will pan out is to find out if his uh, teammates were at his birthday party. Yeah. Or if he has three teammates who are all Cy Young winners, basically. But right. we don't have to mention them in the story because they're yes. not. Convenient. It's all Scott <laughs> or, or Miguel Tejada. Yeah. Ricardo Ring Code. Yeah. Also, Giambi was already on their team. He was in like the most famous play in the history of baseball. Who, Jeremy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. In the movie, they they acquired Jeremy. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got like, no, he was, he was He's the guy who got tagged yeah. out. Derek Jeter, right? remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Listen, my shit doesn't work in the playoffs. I don't watch it. So right. you watch a whole movie. It's a pretty long movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's the, a great, this is what's, it's a great I, movie, though. I started by deciding, you know what? I'm just going to watch that scene. Uh-huh. And then I was like, it was like off with or off. It's like it was like me with Survivor. It's like, well, let me just watch a few more scenes and then after watching like 20 <laughs> I'll minutes. Do the the, I'll YouTube, do that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't wrong when you said off. Both of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like off with the James Bond movies, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not gonna happen. I, I want to yeah. push them over this edge. I want I want to be the one like this Netflix show. I want to be the one to push off. You want to pull <laughs> okay, again back to murdering me. Come <laughs> full circle. Right. Okay, let's a make, perfect let's, circle, actually. Oh, let's make a deal. 
If yeah. I watch The West Wing, you will watch all the James Bond movies. I don't know who this is a deal for. Actually, no, never mind. Yeah, who's the who's the beneficiary of this deal? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. And I realized like there's no win here for me. Hey, how about I punch you in the nuts and then you get to punch me in the face? <laughs> people watch. do like, that. I come I come out a, you come out like slightly worse, but like who gains? But like Nobody? do you remember like punch for a punch was a thing as a kid? Um right. Well, there's also like you know, like that that there's like that like possibly apocryphal game of like you know the cookie game? camps the cookie I mean, game i can tell you for a fact it wasn't apocryphal in wild rose <laughs> it was not apocryphal it, happened. No, it was okay. not i mean yeah I, so it's but but, but so it's it, like but it was in the sense that i think it wouldn't have been done if not for the fact that people had already heard the story but think that you know what I mean? yeah so it's like the, the like the uh the, the cost benefit risk reward of this game is such that <laughs> yeah. you know if you're if you're the loser of uh yeah. nookie cookie as they call it uh, you have to eat a cookie that is soaked in your own semen. Um, <laughs> if you're, not just yours, if, but, but ev- everyone else. Oh, everyone else. Right, yeah. There's different rules. Some people, it's everybody. Some people, it's just yours. Whatever. It's a different different rule. Well, you well, uh, played in a when, very liberal uh, district. Ends, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, chances are you're going to be one of the seven, eight, nine winners of the game <laughs> for whom the grand prize is you do not need to eat. A cookie that is soaked in someone's semen. But I mean, but, um, um, that, that which, is as far as I'm concerned, is, Russian roulette. That's yeah, Russian roulette also very stupid. You'd like to live dangerously. That's the no, but like, I'm I'm already um, counting on not being shot in the head tonight. Like this isn't like a prize that I like want to win in this game. But I think you know, even though the outcome is much worse, I think I I, I see the appeal of Russian roulette much more than the cookie game because. The terrified feeling of I am about to die. My life is over, followed by the click of a gun and followed by the release of, oh, my God, I'm alive. Thank God. Like to me, that's like a much more dramatic and emotional moment and probably has whatever feeling you're wanting to wash over. You're probably much more extreme than, oh, I have to eat something disgusting or not eat something disgusting. Like there it's like it's not just as you're saying that, like, what's the big win? But also, like, the margin isn't enough to cause you to, like, have like an emotional, you know what I mean? Yeah. This was one of my main fears when I went to sleepaway camp was that I was oh, going was to that, be forced to play, play this, this game, game. Uh, that, I, that, I, that I heard about. Like, this is like one of those things that like, you know, kids on the back of the bus. Are, oh, you know, when you go to sleepaway camp, they make you play this game. And I'm like, oh, crap, I don't want to go to sleepaway camp. That sounds bad. I don't want to play that game. Just don't go to like, Wisconsin. Oh. Yeah. So like when I like the first time I went to camp, I'm like, like, is this going to be really a thing? I never I never experienced it or saw yeah. it or witnessed it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sounds like uh, Alex did. So no, no, um, not, not, not can direct you can direct all your uh, nookie cookie questions. Is it an ookie cookie? Oh, I heard it as nookie cookie uh, or soggy or or so- soggy bagel. Soggy it's, bagel. Yeah, yeah we're, we were Jews. We're, so not having to eat the cookie compared to not having to shoot yourself with a live bullet compared to taking your boots off at the end of a day of skiing. What's the mm. better feeling? Mm. Well, I mean, oh, I haven't you. had the benefit of all three, so I can't judge. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would be happy to not be dead. Yeah, I think that's probably the best. Although I guess like whatever my state of life was that yeah. drove me to, to the place enter, where I'm yeah. playing Russian roulette. <laughs> like maybe I'm better. Yeah, I guess I don't. Are we all going to watch Deer Does Hunter ga- after this podcast? A, is isn't over? there a gambling yeah. aspect of Russian roulette? Isn't aren't all six people throwing money in the pot? Oh, you win money if you live. It's so you also everyone gets the dead guy's I think, money. I think yeah, everybody splits the dead guy's money. And his podcast hosting spot. Also, like, what do you do after the Russian roulette game ends? It's like, okay, great. I'm one of the five survivors of Russian roulette. You just there's earn a body yourself twenty percent of like, like we like I, go I, back to like just like hanging out and drinking now. Like, oh, we played a fun party game. <laughs> now again, the game resumes. All right, Watch let's say this hunter. guy's net worth yeah. is ten thousand dollars. Okay. All right, okay. that's a reason. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's not. If if it was much more than that, he shouldn't be playing this game. 
<laughs> yeah. Let, let's say it's ten thousand dollars. All right. So you're one of the five. So you get two grand. You go home. You're alive, and you have two thousand dollars. However bad your life was, it's two thousand dollars better. Yeah. True. Except for how the did we end up on uh, on Russian roulette? I have no idea how we got here. Unclear. <laughs> um. Okay. Um, I uh, think we, we should we continue with the episode. We well, the perfect on... circle device. We got to talk about that thing because that took me back to like middle school or elementary yeah, yeah, school. Yeah, the compass, the compass, yeah. and the yeah. what's the other one called? The pa- oh, protractor, yes. protractor, yeah, protractor. Yeah, protractor. Yeah. Oh man, that stuff is ancient. Yeah. Mm. Do kids today know what those things are? Do they? No kids way. today won't even know what a TI eighty three is. They're not going to know what it is. Yeah, also, they're no not. Way. They wouldn't allow to have these stabby things. I'm surprised we were allowed to have the stabby things. They're really sharp too. Like yeah. When when Jeff talks about how he got stabbed when he's, I mean, that's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. Although I got, I have a piece of pencil graphite in my hand from when I was eleven years old when I got stabbed by a pencil. So. Uh, you, you can see it next time you see me i will show you a person you can see the ask, spot ask to skin. see his yeah ask to see his yeah. Graphite. yeah i always thought it was funny that like the icon in microsoft word is like a floppy disk yeah oh, yeah i mean i guess it kind of looks like like you know like a flash drive a little bit so it's not but that's it's true like also phone. for the paper cl- no that's true for the the phone fo- the phone icon on your phone right yeah like the thing shaped like a c like nobody uses those well, they say that kids today, right. like, you know, you know, like we put our, you know, we put yeah. our hands up to our ear and they say yes. kids today just look at a palm. Yeah, they, they like hold it out in front of their face. Yeah, because yeah. it's like their FaceTime, which is yeah. if I saw somebody Makes do that, sense. I would like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Yeah. 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 No, we, we've uh, we've experienced that already in my house. We're like, we, we like when we played charades and like they do phone, we're like, what are you doing? Like just like holding your hand. Like, why, why is that phone? Oh, OK. I see. It literally huh. happened. That's funny. That's really funny. Um, yeah, no, I've seen. Have you, oh, yeah, sorry. have you guys seen this thing? I've seen this thing. This thing is I fun. Not. Nope. Yeah, it, it's a fun movie. No, I saw this I, thing too. I, I'd yeah, like to fun. see it at some point. I've not seen this thing too. I don't uh, are there any movies you've only seen the sequel of? Nothing that comes to mind. I'm sure there probably are. Um, and I'm sure there are movies where I saw the sequel first, and then eventually, like I for sure saw T2 before I saw Terminator. Right. Well, as a kid, like I feel like when I was a kid, I liked sequels better. You know, Back to the Future Part Two, the Star Wars sequel, right. like you know, Empire Strikes Back, Return uh, of the Jedi. So, yeah, but, but usually sequels are are like not actually as good of movies as the original. So therefore, to a the kid, old, right? But to only a kid, if you like them better. But probably yeah, only I agree. With, I agree with Zach. It was to be like sort of have the alternative. I, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying, but only if you've seen the original, because it's like the sequel is only fun insofar as it's like as you already know the characters mm-hmm. in the in like bad sequels. Well, and and also Zach asked like, did we see a sequel? Not the first one. The underlying assumption there is you probably didn't like the sequel because if you did like it, then you would have to see the first one. You'd go back into the first. Yeah, one. yeah. presumably. Right. Because your presumption would be the first is probably even better. Yeah. But I because I, I, because I saw the sequel to Kill Bill, I know it's so bad that why would I go see? Wait, no, it's great. Right. They're, they're both. Good. You also didn't understand the movie because you came right. in the middle of the story. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like your opinion, man. I have heard uh, Paddington 2 was really good. I've never Padding, seen it. Paddington, yes. It, yes. It, Wasn't it like 100 on Rotten Tomatoes or something? Yeah. It is. It is really, really good. And you don't need to see Paddington. Right. So that was like yeah. the first That's thing what I you say. And then I'm totally lost. Yeah, yeah, no, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll be completely fine. I mean, Paddington one happens to be good too. I would, I would definitely recommend watching. I think there's three of them. I would watch all of them with your kids. Like they're they're really good. I will say, or after Zach, reading, a, you could also watch. Yeah, them. after reading how good okay. Paddington two is, I did try and like I said to my wife, "Do you want to see that?" And she asked. It looked as if I'd asked her if she wanted. To she just couldn't fathom why I was saying those words. So I she, think she would understand. But no, she yeah. no, she rejected. Oh, it's hundred percent. Yeah, uh, no, it's really, she's it, anti all movies. So having to do is very good. Nothing else comes to mind of where I've seen the sequel, but it, 
yeah. I mean, at this point, if there was a sequel, I, yeah, I guess unless I hated it. Well, I mean, uh, Major actually, League Two. Did I uh, watch Major League One? Yeah, maybe like I saw some, like I've seen some of the like National Lampoon movies, but not all of them. Like, I don't know. Did I see the original? What's the original National Lampoon? It's like Vacation, that I think, is the first one. Oh, sorry, I'm sure you saw one. Vacation. Yeah. But uh, I mean, how quickly you forget one of the early movies that we did on a uh, movie ladder podcast of was Magic mm-hmm. Mike Double XL. Right, but I saw Magic Mike too. Oh, you had seen the first Magic Mike. Yeah, because some people probably only saw a double XL for the podcast and didn't go back and watch. That would be very funny. I only saw the first one. I did see the first one. I watched them both. It's crazy. We that was one of our early. That was not like the end of the podcast. We're like, (laughs) we're gonna do Magic Mike double XL. It's like actually, I think we're done with. No, that's a strong take. I think. Yeah, that makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be all over the map. You got to do different types of movies, otherwise you get stale for sure. Otherwise, you just do detective movies for an entire month, (laughs) right? Right. Otherwise, you just have the perp guys on over and over. Right. Over. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we um, we're on the road with Susie and Larry and Jeff. We're heading to a party, and Susie's like, "You guys are schmucks. You trusted this random inventor. You know, you got this useless eighth grade science project. You're going to put all our money into." And she's like, how much money is this going to be? And, you know, just as like, you know, we, we really don't know. Um, and once again, Susie's just like, don't trust this guy. And all of a sudden they realize they're stuck in traffic. And Susie's worried that we're not going to make it to the party in time. And Jeff's like, that's so crazy. Like, what's going on? I wish we could, you know, there was some way that we could know what's causing <laughs> this traffic jam. And Larry says, of course, the car periscope. Let's use the prototype. <laughs> So by the way, aren't they they're in his car like they're in that car for the purpose of using it? How do they forget? (laughs) Why are we in the stranger's car? Right. Why are they in the stranger's car to the party? I like that as they're driving around, you can see people because, you know, they're just filming this on the street and you can see people walking the streets in New York staring at that car. Um, and I do yeah. not think that was like people written into the episode. I think it's just like bystanders. Like, what the hell is that thing driving down the street? Yeah. Although now, if you saw something like that, you just assume it was Google Maps because you see those Google Maps. Yeah, with, with those things. Place. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's probably not a beat up old Volvo. No. Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah so, uh, so Jeff takes control of the car periscope and he looks ahead. He said, look, oh, there's a garbage truck in our lane. Go to the left. And Larry listens and like he just like zooms ahead. And it's magically amazing. nobody could yeah. figure it out without a car. Periscope. Yeah. yeah. Larry's like, oh, my God, that was unbelievable. And Susie's like, wow, this really works. It's amazing. Like I can admit when I'm wrong. And everyone's very excited about the invention now. Yeah. It's in the visual of them driving that it's, old beat up car with the car. It, it's very funny. Yeah. It's so silly. It's so good. Um, OK, so we head inside to the party and we have Susie and Larry and Jeff. And they're hanging out with Wanda. And Jeff is joking that, you know, Wanda's place in L.A. is haunted. That's why she's here. Wanda clarifies, no, all of L.A. was haunted because of Larry. Now New York is haunted. So everyone's having a good laugh. Now, and... Wanda was a close friend of Cheryl's. So yeah. she's just being civil here. Yeah. And I think she's always had like she never liked Larry. Larry. She hates Larry. Yeah. 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 Well, I think she does have some fondness for him. But even though she's always like out to get him, like, I think there is. I some, think like, I think he thinks so, because like he says, I'd recognize that tush anywhere. He wouldn't say that to someone who he knows hates him. Mm-hmm. But right. I don't think she's given any indication of it other than she was just being nice to her friend's husband. Yeah, that could be as is evidenced by her email address. <laughs> I yes. hate Larry. Yeah, that, that <laughs> that's I a so serious the way she says that. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, is it possible I, uh, Wanda Sykes had never sent an email? At the time of this episode, because she says email is I hate Larry, like not at gmail.com. Or <laughs> I've I've used that that joke like when I've like had to like give someone my email password or something, not my email password, but like some password for something. 
So like when I give them the pass, like let's say I need someone to like get into my account at some time, whatever, and I need them to have the password. Um, so like I'll change the password to like something negative about them and like send it to them. And they're like, wait, is that what? Is that always your password? That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah. that's commitment to the bit for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, but like generally speaking, if I'm going to do that, like I'm going to change my password anyway, because my password for that is probably like my password for a lot of stuff that I want to really give someone oh this is the password i use for everything sinensky one yeah you don't want to yeah exactly out. well it's actually one two three yeah okay very um, secure yeah so i Capitalized use uh, or lowercase uh, so i use the <laughs> i hate larry joke sometimes um yeah. yeah so like they're talking about the trainer and um larry gives wanda his information and they're like you know larry's like you know it's gonna be great this is gonna change your life a life i might add that sorely needs changing <laughs> yeah that whole discussion is really funny that's good yeah um, so let Wanda goes off to mingle and Susie's like very proud of Larry. Is that, hold nice on a thing. second. So this is the first time Wanda has been on the show since she came out. So in last week's episode, Larry comes out as he's, he, he's, he's against the lesbian community because uh, he lost his girlfriend to one. Right. <laughs> right. And so he's saying your life sorely needs changing. Maybe that's another homophobic statement by LD here. <laughs> Um, we'll see. Although we'll see later that Larry has uh, made progress in the uh, racism area. Yeah, but Larry's very. Sometimes he's a friend of the lesbians. Sometimes he's an enemy. He uh, yeah has a real love hate with all the lesbians. <laughs> yeah, I think it just kind of depends on how it fits on the yeah. rest of the episode. Really, and the heterosexuals and really the whole world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So um, she uh, <laughs> Susie notes that she happens to be in top physical shape. Jeff starts <laughs> laughing compared <laughs> to what to top physical shape. Um, so, um, this guy Henry comes over to greet him. Uh, he's the host of the party. He comes to say hello. Um, they talk about how nice his apartment is. Larry inquires about his dad, and Henry says that, like, yeah, my dad unfortunately is getting up in the year. It's not doing so well. I actually had to have him come move in with me. He lives in the back bedroom over there now. And Larry tells him, guys, like, you don't even know who this is. His dad is the Judge Horn from the TV show. Um, and Susie's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like that was my favorite show. I used to run home from school every day to watch it. And Jeff is like, yeah, I used to like love it. Like I would laugh for hours, him screaming at the defendants. You are not prepared, young lady. Where are the pictures? Um, Henry's like very flattered. He wishes them well, well, and leaves. You know, he's very, you know, very, uh, very proud of his father and his show, obviously. Henry's apartment is very nice. Like it's like a, one of those huge lofts, yeah. like multi-million dollar loft. What is the yeah. connection to him? Why are they here? We don't really know. It is some guy they know. Um, what does Henry do? Well, because like Larry's trying to impress Henry throughout this episode. Is he just some guy, some rich guy that they know? Well, I mean, Judge Judy makes forty five million a year, so maybe so he's just so Judge Horn. If, if he yeah. makes at least you know ten percent of that, which I'm sure he does, it's mm-hmm. the same business. Um, Although yeah, it sounds he, like he was doing it in the sixties and the seventies <laughs> when they were growing uh, up. Yeah, perhaps based on his uh, choice of verbiage. Um, so yeah, so Susie and Jeff go on talking about Judge Horn, and Larry's like, you know what? I think I should go say hi to Judge Horn. Um, and Susie thinks this is a wonderful idea. So Larry says, you know, I always think about doing nice things, but I never do, I never do them. What do you think that's about? Yeah. Now we had and, that already, right? We had that with, with with when all the kids shaved their heads at the school that Larry saw. Right, right. And then he hmm. but like, and then of course he goes through with the kidney for Lewis. What yeah. I don't understand here is why would going to say hi to Judge Horn? Why would that be like such a nice thing to do? Does Larry uh, have he's an previous old... relationship with him? No, I think it's just like because he's in like an old man, like old people like when people visit them and give them attention. But like, why doesn't so why isn't it a burden on Jeff or Susie or anyone else? By the way, like it just 
yet also the why does this guy keep his dad locked up in the back closet during this party? <laughs> so yeah, that, so I well, think he, I, I think, think we find so, out why. Yeah, so well, I think Larry true, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think Larry knows this guy knows him. Like he, I think he knows Judge Horn from like what from when he was younger. But like, Judge I, Horn, didn't, right. Judge Horn, although a lot of kikes like the show, I don't think that uh, Judge Horn <laughs> was socializing with too many of them. Well, he was able to keep it. Well, no, I think him. I think Henry and Larry were probably friends. Oh, so that's the relate. That's but my Henry's that's, a lot younger than Larry. Well, not, I mean, you have, yeah, really, you have really yeah, lost no. your hair. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so whatever. Maybe they just like knew each other from the neighborhood somehow. I don't know because he's the one. Mm. He's the only one who knows like Judge Horn in who real George, life. Yeah. So well, I think they yeah. all knew who Judge Horn is, and Larry right, was but, the only one. Larry's like, I'm going to imp to the host this. of the party. correct, right. correct. Meaning like he's yeah. the. He's the only one who like, and the way that he knows that is probably because like he just like he knows them like. From so LD is friends with with Horn with with or him. just or is aware of Horn. No, I think no, but he has to be friends with them. How they get to the party? But if Jeff is friends with him, how does he not know what his dad did? Well, right. somebody, the one somebody who, introduced Jeff, him. As Jeff Judge is very Horn. bad at his job. He doesn't Larry's know that the there's one like who a, knows he, what the dad oh, there's a TV star at that. Well, party. if this guy knows Larry that well, how would he not know that Larry was not dating Janice Soprano? Let me get later in the episode. Oh, yeah, that's another good point. Yeah. Well, he could like, like know him generally, but he's like, not, I think it's like, just like somebody. They, but, but who, like, they, but it's like we, an industry guy. They all, we agree. Who's there the as well, invite so. at the party? Is it Larry or is it Jeff? And I think Steve? it's Jeff. I, I think, think it's Larry. Larry. I'm on Team Avia. I think it's Larry. But yeah, but but yet the guy doesn't know that Larry's not married to, to Janice Soprano. Right. Hmm. Yeah, because I think they're not. I think they're not close. I think so. Maybe you know, they, they know each together. other from a long. They grew and, up yeah. together. He's in town. I'm back in New York for the first time. Yeah, they years. crossed into each other somewhere. He said, "I'm having a party. You should come." And yeah, oh, I have two friends. Sure, you can bring them too. And Three he friends. also happens Wanda to know Sykes. Wanda. Yeah. No, because I think Wanda was curious. there separately. I don't think Wanda came. Yeah. With them. No, no, of course not. Yeah, but how does Wanda get there? So, so you know, he's he's the it's just some guy who runs in the. He's just some like. There's got to be some kind of Hollywood's like right. That's party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Especially with how rich this guy is. Um, Maybe but this guy's like a producer. He used his dad's connections. Yeah, probably. He's probably something like that. I mean, the, the line that, that Larry says about how he always has these great ideas and he never acts on them, it's, it's obviously meant to call back to Larry's, you know, talking about how he's a great inventor and he has these yeah. inventions, but he can't implement them. It's the same thing. Exactly. Same concept. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So we, uh, we're going to head back into uh, Judge Horn's chambers. Oh, you're gonna play this clip. Oh, we're gonna watch this scene. Okay. Nice. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna read the clip. I'm not gonna read it. <laughs> Fair. All right, we do not condone this language. W eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen times three, forty-two. Hey, Judge Horn. Yeah. Larry. Yeah. Larry David. Hi. Nice Larry. to meet you. See, he doesn't say I used to live around the corner. He says, "Nice to meet you." He says, "Yeah, nice to meet you." Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know who he is. For me. <laughs> right? I, yeah, I right. people struggle with it. Every Fine, day. Uh, retracted. <laughs> right. How does Judge Horn know that Larry's Jewish? Just you can just tell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his name is Larry David. <laughs> Look at him. He's Jewish. Cuddling in bed with a woman because the other one gets in the way all the time. So you know, it could be an advantage in that situation. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're you're happy to be handicapped. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I got something to do, and uh, he's a pleasure to play with. So why don't you sit down and take my place? I think you can see his you can see his arm under his shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play a little Scrabble. Yeah. My father was a huge, huge fan of yours. He used to watch you all, all the time. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of kikes like the show. <laughs> Jigaboo's too. <laughs> Who uses those words? Are you not going to play? Are you Hey, Dad, Dad, easy. You all right? What's going on? 
I actually wasn't familiar with the second word you used. I had a suspicion of what of who it was about, but I, I didn't know it until I looked yeah, it up. It's, it's probably maybe good. I don't know. Yeah, now I know it. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Your life is richer. Yeah. 217 to 67? What? Oh. I, can I talk to you outside for a second, Larry? Yeah. I, I May I talk to you outside for a second? What a great pleasure to meet you. <laughs> outside the room. <laughs> they flick each other do, off. How could you do that? What? Taking advantage of my father at Scrabble? I didn't play him. I wasn't playing you him. You weren't playing him. No, I. Who, who else was there, Larry? I took over for a one armed man. There was a one armed man. There playing. was a woman on a horse. A one armed man. Yes. He had a work uniform like he was fixing an air conditioner. Larry, Larry, I'm having a party. We don't have any maintenance people up here doing Excuse work. Me. You see a one-armed man? One man? No, no one-armed man, no. Uh, did anybody see a one? Did anybody see a one-armed man? There was a one-armed man here. Larry, there's no one-armed man. Look, you took advantage of my father, okay? And then now you're 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 coming up with some fictitious oh, person who did it instead. Oh, this poor poor sweet innocent dad. You should hear some of the racial epithets this guy was using in there. Disgusting. My father has dementia, Larry. Oh, oh, that's an excuse? Yes. That racism is in there somewhere. It's like a drunk. What, they're saying these things because they're drunk? No, it's in there. Larry, I'm not going to listen to this anymore, all right? You abuse my father in Scrabble, a game he loves, okay? I didn't beat him. The one-armed man <laughs> did it. I'm going to have to ask you to leave, Larry. Fine. I'm getting really upset here. Fine, I'm leaving. You know what? I'm going to find that one-armed man, and I'm going to bring him to you. You'll see. You'll see. New York City, also a small town. <laughs> All right. Um, does anything in that scene make any fucking sense whatsoever? <laughs> like, no, a lot why doesn't Larry things- say to him, remember literally 90 seconds ago when I was yes. talking to you Correct. in the yeah, other was- room? Yeah, yeah that's my, my note I have written down. Is, doesn't he realize he was talking to Larry in the other room 45 seconds ago? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that- I don't know. Nothing <laughs> makes sense about this Harry's accusation. Also, man. like... And let's say he was playing Scrabble and he wasn't like throw. Who gives a shit? He's playing Scrabble with your dad. Like, give him. Like, you were beating my dad by 150 yeah. points. Like, who gives a shit? Like, like show some respect to the judge. Yeah. He's like at a party. He's like going into the back room to like play Scrabble with a senior citizen. Like, it's a nice thing to do. And and who? I mean, the one armed man. Literally, who is this guy? It's just some guy who's in there playing Scrabble that nobody saw. <laughs> and yeah. I, I get that that like sets up the joke for the rest of the episode, but. Uh, yeah, it's just it's really yeah. Weird. So like, what what was this guy doing there? He like snuck in somehow. Like, he's fixing air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I assume I he was a that. maintenance person for the building. Yeah, I guess. I, so, and I guess. so that's one situation where being a one-armed man would be a very high disadvantage. Is being a yeah. maintenance guy for a building. You yeah, really need more right. for that. Yeah, not yeah. ideal. A second arm would help. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's my theory. So he does work in the building. But Henry, I don't think so. I think Henry's he's just too much like of a, no. He Henry's no too much of an of, a, of an obnoxious guy to pay attention to, like the support staff in the building. But his dad who lives in the back, so this guy helps him in the elevator and you know gets his newspaper for him, and so they have a little relationship. So he plays Scrabble yeah. with him. I mean, I'm gonna venture to say that like there's no way that there is a one-armed man who was invited to the party, and like no one knows who you're referring to when you say the one-armed man. Yeah. Nah, he's only friends with the judge. You don't need to say one. You could just say a guy. You just say there was a guy in there. He was on a tan shirt. He also had one arm. Like you don't have to lead with one arm. Well, yeah, he had I, one of his arms hidden in his shirt quite clearly, as someone <laughs> back, as he pointed out. So yeah. that's a strange uh, did sartorial anyone, Did anyone see a two-armed man pretending yeah. to have one arm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah, I, get really, I, I, I got really thrown off when he drops the K word. I like that. There's some words that just like, like you don't hear it. And like that. Yeah. No, but it's you funny really to say because you don't say it a lot. either. Oh, man. I can't even say it. I cannot. I can't. I can't do it. It's our word. Yeah. We're allowed to. I, yeah. I still I don't know. I just can't. I can't say it. <laughs> to me, words are just words. But mm. I, I understand yeah. why they're not for yeah. other people. So. I've never um, been so the yeah, target. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really uh, trigger me. Right. Enough. Yeah. No, I've, I've never been called that word. It's like I, I think I've probably heard that word. Oh, I've been called well, that now, word many now times. Now I've heard it. But... Now I've heard that word three times in the last two days. But you know, like probably a handful of times I've ever heard that word in my life. Yeah, it's not. It's, right. it, well, it, it didn't. It didn't get, uh, pick up, unfortunately, for uh, Judge Horn and his uh, brethren. No. Yeah. It... <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't worry. They find other ways to hate us. Is is Judge Horn? Do you guys think Judge Horn is still alive ten years later? Not the actor, but the character Judge. Horn. I mean, I hope he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. seems like he's on the way out. Yeah, but he's probably like, you know, racist old judge. He's probably lived one hundred and fifty. Yeah, mm-hmm. although I guess like a lot of times, if like all that's going is your mind, like if your body is healthy, you could live a long time in that state. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, what, what was the line that our guest from just a couple weeks ago, Roger Furling, the character says on on Veep? He says to um to to his assistant whose name I'm not forgetting. Um, he says he says you're slower than you're slower than a uh, a prosecutor in Alabama investigating the murder of an African American man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think Judge Horn might have been uh, sitting on the bench for some of those cases as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're driving in the car, leaving the party, and, and oh no, I guess it's the next day. Either way, yeah. um, still and, driving the, the car periscope car. Yes, yeah, still right. The, the blue Volvo. Um, and Larry is telling Jeff about the one-armed man and the racist judge. Uh, yeah, it really like sounds like like you won't believe the story that happened to you last night. It's <laughs> yeah. like crazy. There was a, there was a racist judge and there was a one-armed man. <laughs> um, he says that his uh, the epithets he used were so disgusting. Larry won't even repeat them. Mm. So we see now Larry's like me. He's making progress from the N-word where he did repeat the Yes, he did. He's learned his lesson. In telling the story. So he's uh he's making progress. Or maybe but he'll I, still say the N-word. He just won't say kike or what's the thing called that goes round and round that Jeff almost got stabbed by? Compass. When I, that's called the compass, that thing? Yeah. Oh, well, I was gonna say when I see them take out that compass, I like to let the expletives fly. <laughs> um, you're uh Chester, your microphone is sort of looking like a compass right now. I can see yeah, like you've got each end and you could draw a perfect circle with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, nicely done. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what Kramer stand. says, right? When Kramer sees that drill at the dentist's right. office. Uh, right, right. He likes so, to let the expletives fly. So Larry thinks that Henry is using his father's dementia as an excuse for his racism, mm-hmm. which Jeff agrees is complete bullshit that he's doing that. And Larry's like, look, my grandfather had dementia, but he wasn't racist. You know, he may have thought that I was his dead sister, but at least he wasn't racist. And as it turns out, he did kind of look like his uh, his dead sister, she being the Belle of Bright. And Jeff is looking outside through the prototype periscope, and he can't believe how cool it is. He's like looking ahead. He can see three blocks. And there's a guy that with a truck that's going to cause us some trouble. Um, so like, you know, we can move on over. So then Larry's like, I'm going to take control. So now Larry's like both driving and looking at the car periscope. That doesn't seem like a great idea. No, um, definitely not a good idea. Um, but yeah, Larry, you know, looks into the car periscope and he spots a few blocks ahead. Uh, the, the one-armed man walking the streets. 
What are the chances? And what are the chances? And he hands it over to Jeff so he can drive. And Jeff, like, you know, sees that he, like, he turns the corner. So like, they do, like, the classic New York City thing where, like, you're trying to be, like, you do, like, around and around and around and try to, like, anticipate the move. And they actually do it perfectly. Yeah, this has and never happened guy, in real life. Yeah. And the guy, like, comes, like, stops right in front of their car, sees him, and runs into the subway and escapes. And uh, the music that's playing. Now, I've never seen The Fugitive, the TV show. But I would imagine yeah. this is the theme from The Fugitive, the TV show. Um, that is what Brendan Fitzpatrick actually wrote in to say that as part of his, uh, mm-hmm. he actually, uh, he, this is the first time he wrote in, he wrote long time, first time, long time fan, first time caller. And okay. one of his things Surprise. was to say, pretty sure that's the theme from the original fugitive, fugitive TV show during the car chase. Yes. That's I, I figured that was the case because they're obviously playing on the fugitive. Yeah. I, I've never seen the show. I've only seen the movie. Uh, Same. I've only seen us marshals. Actually. I've never seen the fugitive. Right. Um, but yeah, the fugitive is so good. I should rewatch the fugitive. So I, was, I was talking to Brendan before I came on, and I was like, "Man, it would have been perfect if somehow we would have been watching the fugitive this week." Mm. The latter podcast would have been a great yeah. tie into the episode. You should have, you should have arranged that. I, w- I will say the movie that we watched, uh, "What's Up, Doc?" It ends with this big car chase through San Francisco, and when they're chasing the one-armed man through New York, it was a lot like the car chase at the end of that. Mm. The, All right, uh, guys, I, I have a, uh, I have a, a Google document draft called what? movies <laughs> called movies to see. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, you're on Letterbox now. You can just add this to your watch list. Yeah, and I well, I haven't I haven't updated this list the best in, part. in a little while. I have okay. I have six movies on this list. It is I would give you a million guesses. You wouldn't get these six. Yeah, so then why then this sounds like a very <laughs> stupid game to play then. No, but the but the fugitive from nineteen ninety three is one of the six. Uh, so do you right. the fugitive? One of the other five. Why do you do, why do you just sell us the names of the movies <laughs> you, right. you've selected uh, for the okay. list? That's my favorite my favorite clip from Sidebook that. Uh, so funny. Rebel Without a Cause from nineteen fifty five. I have not seen right. it. I think you, I think it's probably boring. A most violent year. Which from 2014, which at some point was on Netflix, but according to my I Netflix really, card, really like that movie, but that's like a very random to be like one of the five <laughs> just, movies. Well, I got news to you. It's about to get much more random. Okay. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. All right. Black Panther 2018. Okay. That's not so random, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fill the Void from 2012. <laughs> what? I haven't even heard of that. I think I, if it, that's the movie that I'm thinking of, that's insane. The Sounds Israeli like a the, the Israeli I movie? haven't seen it. Oh, is it Israeli? So maybe I I'll so. think of something else. Fill the Void 2012. Yeah, it's the uh, wedding movie. Okay. It's the so, wedding movie. So I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Fill the Void. A young After a young Hasidic woman dies in childbirth, her 18-year-old sister is asked to cancel her upcoming marriage to a promising young man and marry her yeah. widowed brother-in-law instead. We got to do Yibam. So that's Fill the Void. You have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. And then, this, I've never seen a movie with this few people that have watched on Letterboxd. 1.9 thousand, <laughs> like 1,900 people have so, watched this movie on Letterboxd. So, so the two, two of the movies on your list are the... But the most people. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then the last one has a, is Foxtrot from 2017, which is another Israeli movie, I think. It's an Israeli military movie. I saw that one. It's pretty yeah. good. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. You don't have to see that movie. Yeah. Your list is very weird. No, I told you. <laughs> you, should, I, you should see Black Panther. Yeah. It's one of the six. And you know, Most Violent Year is a good movie, but like, whatever. Uh, do you remember what you gave Foxtrot? How many stars? I don't know. Probably three and a half. Four. Very close. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like yeah, no, you're uh, Chester, you're on Letterboxd now. All you got to do is they have a watch list. You can just add movies. It's very easy to add. I have like 400 movies on my watch list. Yeah, you can, you can also upload things as like Excel files. It's very easy to use. Yeah. What if you have only those six? People will be very curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very random. A most violent watch list. Uh, I saw most I used violent to... year as a uh, 
I saw it in a movie screening and Brendan, who you just mentioned, the three of us went, me, him, and Mac, who I did the Bond podcast, we went. Brendan was the only one walking out of that didn't like most violent year. He said it was the most boring year. That's what he said. Really? Yeah. All right. Oh. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I must have heard something good about it if I put it on that list. There yeah. was actually a Twitter thread about it yesterday. I think mm, I read. But very I, timely. I'm assuming that wasn't, yeah. Yeah. I think it was in my top five for that year. I think that was at 2014. Oh, so was, in 2014, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it says JC Chandor, who also did um All Is Lost, and he did a movie about the, the big stock market crash in 08 as well. Um so he's a good director. Should I see I a most valiant year or should I see uh the fugitive? Mm-hmm. Fugitive is kind of a like more of a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Like that's like one of those like you should like check off your bucket. Okay, fugitive or Black Panther. Black Panther. All right, Black Panther uh, or Phil the Void. Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to head over to the offices of Nathan Stein and Associates, where Larry is waiting in the reception area and he gets a call from his trainer saying he will not be available for the session that day at two o'clock. Larry's like, all right, not a big deal. But then when he finds out that their two o'clock for the next day is also in question, he starts to get very confused and nervous. Um, he heads in to see a business advisor. Named Larry's got to put his phone on silent. I have this problem with him all the time. <laughs> like it, it drives me nuts. I, I can't stand anybody's ringtone going off, and Larry's ringtone is constantly going off. <laughs> it's an old man thing to do. Yeah, that's right. true. Oh. for sure. Yeah, at least he doesn't talk on speakerphone because he could do that as well. Yeah, I mean, because it's like they just still like they use cell phones the way that they used to use phones. Yeah. Right. Like we use it as right. It's for us. It's like a different thing. Like, well, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's, he's like so afraid. I feel like like boomers are so afraid that they're going to miss a phone call. They're like, Correct. oh, I have my have my ringer up all the way. Yeah. If I miss, I'm so right, afraid I'm going to answer a phone call. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. Why yeah. would you answer the phone call? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. It's either somebody from work or it's an immediate family member who I know is calling me. Otherwise, there's no way I'm answering the phone. It's, yeah, it's always spam every time. Yeah, or and like when a, when a family member calls me. Like my mom called me this morning and I was like, oh God, who died? Like somebody's in the hospital. Somebody's dead. Oh, if it's at a weird hour, for sure. Yes. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what the Uh, hell? And she was just calling. She's calling me to ask me a question about Facebook, actually, to get even uh, more (laughs) boomer. How come Um, I can't join this QAnon group? What's going on? (laughs) So we've got Jonathan uh, Ames as Nathan Stein. Very surprising uh, casting here. Yeah. He's the creator of Bored to Death. He was the Mm. author of the novel. You were never really here, which was adapted into mm-hmm. a uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, yeah. starring mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the movie ladder podcast, we did a Joaquin Phoenix movie last week. No, oh, there you go. No, yeah. but why is Larry's financial advisor in New York anyway? So Larry never meets with this guy. Basically? Yeah, that's a good question. This whole episode that I had also like, why is like he like, oh, like Larry never had like people like, like helping him with his money until he maybe he, well, he said he said business manager. Also, he didn't say financial manager. Yeah, he's a I business advisor. No, because I wrote down what he said because it drove me nuts because he, he opens the scene and he goes, Larry, as your business manager, it's like, you know, it's like it's like in movies where people are like, yeah, as your brother, I would like, you know, I'm your brother. It's like, yeah, of course. I know you're my brother. I know you're my business manager. Well, I'm here to see you. The expository scene from Moneyball episode. led me all the way down the right <laughs> to watch the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Nathan's like, I really don't think it's a good idea for you to invest in this like silly car periscope idea. He's like, you know, one of my clients, he invested in this crazily useless, uh, nutty, <laughs> two-piece ski idea invention. And Larry's like, what? That's my idea. That's my move. Um, I think like, skis no, like- actually come apart, don't they? Like, they don't screw, but don't they, like, I think I've seen skis, they come apart, and then you have to, you put the boot on them. Like, you, there's, you have to do a lot of screwing, but they actually are in multiple pieces. I'm sure there's something similar to this, but I think it's probably a little more uh, high-tech than just, uh, you know, it together. Yeah, you got to disrupt the ski industry. 
So I think mm. he says he says that like people's legs were snapping. He like, so you definitely don't want that. No. Uh, yeah. So let Larry talks this up. You know, you know, it hasn't been perfected yet, but it's still a good idea. Mm. Um, yeah. Nathan's like, you know, I love your enthusiasm. He's like, you know, don't curb your enthusiasm for <laughs> inventions, sir. Um, but like your judgment is really just not good. And Larry's like, I disagree. I think this particular inventor um, has great integrity. And Nathan's like, how do you know? Like, have you looked into his uh, background? And Larry's like, nope, I just know it when I see it. This guy has integrity. He has character. He's a good guy. And so then uh, Nathan's wife, Brittany, comes in to see him. And Larry is shocked at how beautiful this guy's wife is. I guess uh, he thinks that this man is not that attractive. I'm surprised that he has such a beautiful wife. And Larry, when he leaves, Larry says, that's it. I can't work with you. Someone who has such an attractive wife, um, you can't be trusted. And Nathan's like, that's crazy. What are you talking about? But to no avail. Now, even if you want to believe the first half of Larry's theorem, right? That an unattractive spouse is an indication of integrity, right? Why would that make the reverse true? Because it means that Nathan is shallow. No, because that's like really sexist. That's basically saying, I assume an, an, an attractive woman must have no other redeeming qualities. Maybe she's super intelligent and super kind and, you know, all these other things. And yeah, she but that's beautiful. But then she probably wouldn't be marrying Nathan, who in Larry's mind is like the schlump. But the reason she's marrying Nathan is because he's such a man of such great integrity. He's such guess, an incredible person. Such a great I guess Larry, Larry's sitting with this guy. He's like, this yeah. guy's nothing special. This woman walks in who's beautiful. And Larry's had that means... This guy's superficial. He wanted a pretty yeah. wife. To me, he obviously this, brings nothing there must else be more to this guy. Only one pretty guy. for the wife. She's just one pretty. Yeah, no, she's yeah, she's very attractive. No, she's pretty, very, very pretty, pretty, very, very, very. <laughs> uh, would this scene have worked better if the attractive wife was Larry's business manager and her husband walked in and it's an her husband's like this guy, very ugly. But then, but then Larry would trust her, right? Or he wouldn't or he wouldn't trust her because she's attractive. Who knows? This whole thing yeah. is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, can, we, may, we might not need to get too far into the rules of how this uh, system works. Um, so, yeah. So we head over to the Chinatown restaurant. We have Ira and Gabby and Jeff and Larry. And they're saying how good the food is. And Ira asks, OK, so, you know, let's get to the million dollar question or the two hundred fifty thousand dollar question. Did you like the prototype? <laughs> And uh, Jeff and Larry, they, you know, they hem and haw a little bit, pretending that I don't know, we're not so sure. But then they said, nah, we're kidding. And they excitedly hand over the check. And Ira and Gabby couldn't be more thrilled. They're super thankful. And they're talking about how great the prototype was. They had so much fun with it. And Jeff says, hey, Ira, why don't I take you outside and uh, give you your keys back to the thing? Uh, Leaving uh, Larry inside with Gabby, who is still eating her food. And Larry tells her also. Yeah, right. Larry's now, like, by hey, the way, eating- that scene absolutely as a you know as a corporate as a contract lawyer kills me. Larry and Jeff just hand over two checks for a quarter million dollars each. No contract, no agreement. <laughs> right? There's, there's, there's no, there's nothing. It's just here's a quarter million dollars each. Here's a here's a check. Yeah. What what is going on here? Um, well, yeah, because they don't they don't have a business manager, <laughs> so they don't know the numbers. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't trust that guy. His wife was too hot. Yeah, he needs to find a. Uh... A, a lawyer with a with an ugly wife. Yeah, put in the ad. You should see my wife. She's hideous. <laughs> you know how you can trust me? Look at my wife. Would, it, would a dishonest person marry a woman like that? I don't know. Um, 
so yeah so he's like i was planning on eating that she's like well not now um she's like listen i'll buy you another dish if it's about the money larry's like no it's not about the money um just then henry comes back in comes in and larry's like you know waves to him henry waves back and larry realizes that henry is interpreting the situation as him and gabby are together and he takes a massive risk here (laughs) <laughs> like so much could go wrong in what he's attempting to do. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It, it's yeah. It's a very um, low, low, low reward, high risk. Yeah. He will he'll repeat this in season 11 when he or in season 10 when he does the side sitting because Ted Danson yeah. walks in. Right. Uh, even at the risk of being sued for sexual assault. <laughs> right. Um, it, and what even is the upside? It's just that Henry doesn't think that he like cheated his dad because right, like who gives a shit? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe if Henry sees me fondling this woman without her consent, with her husband about to walk back in the room, he yeah. right. He he's gonna <laughs> make the I same was, calculation. I wasn't because, lying about a guy because this is a universal precept that if you're right. with an ugly person, it means you're a good person. It's such an insane scene. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so the, I, the the leftovers thing, though, I mean, I can kind of see both sides of that, to be honest. Like, there's something about leftovers, right? You have like a quarter of the dish left. I mean, I never have leftovers, but when I do, they're like very valuable, right? And so if somebody eats your leftovers, that's annoying. But also you're at a big group dim sum and you just got to imagine like nobody's taking any food home. You're just eating it all. Yeah, I mean, you don't. Yeah, if, if it's like sharing situation, like you don't get jurisdiction over taking something right. home if somebody else wants to eat it on the spot for sure. Yeah, yeah of course. But later uh, on in the episode, uh, you know, she eats his food and that would be annoying because it's his food. It's not everybody's food. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, popcorn usually has some sort of like communal element to it. Like, I think generally speaking, anymore. a, person buys a very popcorn. pre-COVID thing to eat. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Um, um, I, it was expected that, you know, people share that. Um, I yeah, never so liked like, I never liked a pre-COVID either because I, I don't like the idea of people's hands in my food. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So now Henry likes Larry, and he's like, "I would love if you would do me a favor if you would go play Scrabble." Wait, hold on. But before, before we get to the Scrabble game, I actually have yeah. a question about. So I obviously I never waste any food. So first of all, I never have any leftovers. Of but of um, but like if anybody has any food on their plate at a restaurant, I mean, like I would ask to take it home, right? And yeah. um, so we were at a restaurant, Jen and I, on Thursday night, and the restaurant, without asking, brought us dessert, and without asking brought us all the desserts on the menu we still don't really understand why they did that but um which was they, man, they, were, they were charging you or they were no no they just gave it to us all the desserts okay. Lord. including like a fondue which was like 24 dollars or some insane amount for dessert but um which was incredible Very unusual it was like peanut brittle it, it was incredible like so they brought us all these desserts and by the way we weren't planning on ordering any dessert partly because we were very full but now they brought all this food and also i'm on a diet whatever but like i can't waste food but like Jen and I were discussing, can we ask them to wrap it up? Because hmm. like if I had paid for it, a hundred percent I would. But I yeah. haven't paid for it. And by the way, I wasn't wrapping it up to go eat it myself. I think you could because otherwise you're gonna throw in the garbage. Well, yeah. so so I was asking to wrap it up for my kids because I knew my kids would love it. Because I mean they brought us donuts and all this like ridiculous stuff. Um, so but I, I we decided well we can't if they offer we'll accept, but we can't ask. We decided. So instead, I guess force myself to eat like as much as I possibly could. <laughs> you can ask. I think in that situation, you, especially because you can say for my kids, like I would just be like, oh, can I wrap this up to take to my kids? I don't have any kids, but I think that's a good yeah. excuse for a reason. Or your, like, or your dog, like but that backfires, of course. No, you can't say Herb. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so here's the thing. So we ended up, the guy asks us, do you want to take the donuts home? So we said, sure. And then as he walked away, I'm like, wait, the other stuff also, but like he didn't hear me. So we just brought the donuts back. 
And I oversold these donuts to my kids for two days. If you're going to behave well, Friday night for dinner, you get these donuts are the best donuts ever. And then when he went smart, I said, it's like, no, Dunkin' Donuts are the best donuts ever. I'm like, oh my God, you have opinions about this? Um, and then we, we gave him the donuts Friday night. And you know what? Uh, a day and a half later, when they weren't hot and they weren't warm and they didn't have the dipping sauce, they weren't the best donuts. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's... You guys, uh, but you guys think I'm, you're allowed to say, hey, thanks for all this free food. By the way, we'll take it to go. I mean, I've never been in that situation. I think the closest to that situation is like, if they, I don't know, if they bring you something for free because they screwed something. I don't know. I can't think of like no, a comparable situation. Yours. I felt like this wasn't really yeah. ours in a way. It was yeah, to enjoy think- the... It's the same way, like, it's like a joke. It's like a stereotypical joke, but like if you like you ask a girl, can I buy you a drink at a bar? And she says, no, I'll just take the drink. Like, you can't actually do that, though, right? Because and that's almost like what we'd be doing. Yeah. Well, they're I mean, they just gave it to you. I think I think once they give it to you, it's yours. Yeah, it's yours. Hmm. You don't use like wonder why they gave it to you. You should go back and find out. I don't know. I don't know. Unless they gave it to you because like they thought you were going to give them something in return and then you didn't. So then you shouldn't go back because then they'll probably get it. Yeah. No, so I mean, I, I gave a nicer tip, obviously. Um, Got it. Jen, Jen asked me. <laughs> Jen said, "Do you think it's because of your podcast?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> it, it, like, what? How many assumptions are you making? And let's even pretend hypothetically this is a person who listens to podcasts and likes it. Then they would say that they wouldn't say, "Let me secretly <laughs> give him something," but not like I did. Like that makes no sense. Um, but it reminds me that earlier that day I was also in New York City. I, I traversed the bridge four times that day, uh, and uh, I ran into somebody that morning who said, oh, I've been loving your podcast. I've been listening to all the episodes. And I, uh, with apologies to Av, assumed he meant my other podcast, which has an episode every day. And I said, oh, do you mind that we don't talk about the teams that much? And we're just like shooting the shit. And he's like, wait, what do you mean the teams? Don't tell me about the episodes of Curb. So oh, he's right. a pretty, pretty, oh. pretty good listener. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Welcome yeah. aboard. Hmm. Uh, send, in, send in your... Uh... Email. Yeah, send in your, your score. Your That's right. Yes, send send them to uh, I hate Chester. Yes. <laughs> just I hate Very Chester. Good. Nothing more. <laughs> right, I thought that right. She doesn't even have a domain name. Yeah. I mean, now that would make sense. It could be like a Twitter handle, but yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. Ob, can you check the I hate Larry Twitter handle <laughs> or, or Instagram or? All right, I'll check it during the club. All right, let's head to uh, let's head to the park, play some Scrabble. Hmm. H A D had four and one a five and two a seven. That's all you can think of. Had. I guess I'm just not a very good player. I'm doing the oh, best I can. I can't believe that. I- I'm sorry. I'm just not that good. This C- is not a better word, by the way. N. <laughs> right. It's also Six points. Like eight points. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, that's not a word. All right. Oh, it is. No, no, that's a racial epithet. That's that's oh, not a no. word. Just look around you. They're all over the park. It's actually like scary how racist he is. <laughs> and after I put half of them away. Jesus. Okay, Judge. <clears throat> you know what? I'm gonna give you a cone. That's okay. big of you. No, now you, now he is repeating the words. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Uh, let's play. Hey! <laughs> hey! Uh, hey! Hey, Larry! What are you doing, Terry? I. Shh. Uh, this, this, so this is my time. Um, Look at me, Larry. Yeah. Who uh, would you rather run around the park with? Huh? Well, why'd you give her my time? This, to be totally honest, Larry, she's. She's paying me a little bit more. 
Oh, that's great. I, I, it's nothing I, personal. I have more to this, lose. I have more to lose. I, I don't, this is my time, Wanda. Uh -uh. This is not your time. Why don't you guys figure this out? Let me know what you decide. I, what? Sorry. This is, yeah. What? You, why are you imposing on my time We're imposing right on your here. time. I recommended him to you. Larry, 2 o'clock is my only open time. I, it's I, my he... only open time, too. What is, Larry, time. what is Larry doing? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally his only unopened time before he started working out. What do you want to do? I don't know. What, what, what do you want to do? I got an idea. What? You know Judge Horn from TV. Oh, yeah. He's an impartial third party. Why don't we let him decide? He's neutral. Um, yeah, let's do it. Whatever he decides, we'll abide by. He's not going to immediately say, where did you go, Larry? All right, we'll go All right. to the judge. OK, whatever he says, Whatever goes. he says, go. That's it. That, that's All it. All right. Hey, judge. Yeah, so like, I mean, like, Wanda's just like completely in the wrong here. So it's like she should be happy that even like, oh, we'll go to arbitration and maybe I have a chance. Like, yeah. there's no case. You know, it wasn't nice. What, but what did you do? So, so Terry, the trainer. Yeah, I think Terry's said, in the wrong. Well, well, but but what did Terry say? Like, how did how did he pay, how did she pay more than Larry? Did Terry say, oh, I can't do two o'clock on Wednesdays because that's when I meet with Larry. And then or Wanda just, says, how much is he paying you? I'll pay you more. Right. Yeah, probably. But then Terry. Oh, if only because he's self-interested in his own income, should have called Larry and said, hey, listen, I hate to do this to you, but Wanda's offering more money, uh, you know, and it's my business. And then Larry could complain or he would just say, then I'll offer you more. And then Terry could just drive up a negotiation between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that, like, they would be, like, so competitive over this, like, one specific time slot. It's Larry's it's only available time, time up, okay? <laughs> yeah, Larry David seems to have a very busy life going on. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, he's meeting with inventors. He's doing all sorts of stuff. Well, two o'clock in the afternoon is not a good time to work out either. Like, you got to do it in the morning or you got to do it later in the evening. Two o'clock in the afternoon, it's going to be hot. It's the middle of the summer. It's the middle of the day. It's going to be hot. You're going to be very close to finishing lunch. So you're going to be, you know, sick to your stomach because you're running on a full stomach. Two o'clock is. I don't know why they're fighting over two o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right. About so can we can we talk about the uh, the racial epitaph word in Scrabble for a second? <laughs> yeah. So I'm a I'm a big Scrabble guy. I like to play a lot of Scrabble. And um, Scrabble, you could say you could use any word. You could use Jew because even though it's capitalized, if you use Jew as a slur to call somebody a Jew because they're cheap, that's with the lowercase J. So you can use Jew. Uh -huh. You can okay. use all the words. You can use the words I'm not going to say. You can use all the words. And right. then as a response to like Black Lives Matter and stuff in 2020, Scrabble went ahead and officially like removed from the game a whole bunch of words arguing, you know, like this is just a game and, you know, we shouldn't be using words that are offensive. Um, now, first of all, when I hope I don't get canceled for saying this, my personal opinion is it's absolute bullshit. Like a word is a word, whether it's offensive or not. And like, yep. You probably shouldn't use the word if you're playing the game. If you're going to offend somebody, I totally agree. But like the word you can't use fart or poop. Now you can't use all these like body words that are like a little slangy, a little childish. Like, why can't we say fart? Because like because you can't use the racial opposite. Can't you say fart? So like I'm very anti Scrabble banning these words. Woke Scrabble. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah, I'm anti Yeah, because I mean, it starts with BLM, but then like the people over at like Big Fart come along and they're like, <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to say that either. So now that's out of the game. Yeah. And like, it's a slippery slope. It's, you know, it's become a much worse game. And like, you know, I don't judge people based on, I mean, I, I snicker sometimes when they say a word that's, you know, like has like a, an, another meaning or something like that. Um, or if I'm playing like a friend of like, for some reason, I feel like I'm playing like half of my friend's wives in Scrabble. Mm hmm. 
And I'm not going to lie, like from time to time, I take a screen grab of our game and I send it to the friend because I think it's a funny thing that his wife used it. But like, okay, that's part of the game. You know, anyways, see you NT is a word. Bring it back. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's in the title of an episode of the show. Yes, it is. That's true. That's true. Um, Okay. So. By the way, this um, to date is a as of now a series wrap for Wanda Sykes. This is her last appearance on Curb. She's really Ooh. not on the show very much. I think yeah. she's barely like I kept expecting her to be on the show more. Well, because she's a Cheryl friend, so yeah, Cheryl's out of the picture. She, she's not in a ton of episodes. No, under ten. Um, do you think she'll be back, or do you think she's done? No, I think she's probably done. I think she's like moved on to other stuff. Mm-hmm. Although I guess Curb is an easy thing to shoot a thing, and it's pretty culturally relevant if you're in it. Um, yeah, so maybe. I retract. Okay. They would need to bring um, Cheryl back somehow, I think, and reestablish. Nah, nah she could just have a, like, a, a, you could have a, a drive by like this. Yeah. But it's just sort of they, random. There's nothing in particular. Yeah, people just always like, they just, you know, you're always bumping into that person because it's not there in the episode. Thing. Yeah. Um, you know, she just keeps tr- catching him. In, like, New York City is a small town. There's only one party. There's only one park to exercise. Yeah. And there's only one trainer. <laughs> there's only one trainer. <laughs> and there's only one time slot. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, so we head over to Sunshine. Well, the, the, the trainer just runs away. Sorry, I, I, I don't want to, but like when they confront him on it, he just runs away. Like he doesn't finish. Does he his training session with yeah, Wanda. he owes somebody that money. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I do like in that in that scene. I mean, the judge is terrible. He's racist, but like I, I love the way that the judge and Larry kind of play off each other, and they're like staring each other down, and um, just the, they're interchanged. They have good chemistry, the two of them together. Um, so we head over to the uh, Sunshine Cinema. Um, I've actually been to this movie theater at least once, maybe a couple times. Uh, it is. It was later known as the Landmark Sunshine Cinema. Uh, it is now closed, unfortunately. It closed down a few years ago. Um, it may have been even demolished. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's like one of these like really uh, small like indie art house theaters. I went to one um, of this weekend. Oh yeah, nice. I saw Strangers on a Train there. And they asked oh. for my vaccination card, which was the first time I've been asked for my vaccination card to get in anywhere. Yeah, I haven't been asked yet. Uh, they um, said, but they, it was weird. They said, uh, I thought I had to bring the actual card. And so I like put the, I fold, you know, the card's big. I fold it up, put it in my wallet, took it there. And then when I got there, the guy was like, oh, you could have just taken a picture of your card, which seems yeah. like it'd be very easy to fake. You're like, right. you just this is all fake. If you want, yeah. If you're an asshole and you want to fake, it's not that hard. To do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many people are like faking their vaccination to go see strangers on a train on a Friday night at an art, yeah. art, art theater, but yeah, know. probably not the specific main motivation. No, but, yeah, you're not cool enough to be an anti-vaxxer. Hmm. If you're right. Yeah. No. Now, but yeah. here's my question. They're at this movie. Like, why is this inventor and his wife all of a sudden Larry's best friends in the world? <laughs> well, he just gave him $500,000. Fair. But does, so why they're, is Larry so they're, treat, they're treating him yeah, to a know. they're treating him to a movie? To thank <laughs> yeah, him. But not the um, yeah, yeah. So. I like that the uh, the movie theater on the outside marquee. They have like real movies that are playing: like Animal Kingdom, Growth Dragon Tattoo, Exit Through the Gift Shop. But then on the inside, it's all fake movie posters. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so but. I um I proposed to my wife by like I I faked that we were going to a, a movie premiere, mm-hmm. and then it turns out that what we were going to was a theater where I made something and then she you know whatever. But um, so I did it at the film forum. You know where that is downtown? Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, and so I asked them, I'm like, I'm like, can you put the following on your marquee? I'm like, no, we're not putting the following on. <laughs> right. So they said, they said, we'll put up, it'll say special presentation. So that they did give me that. I, what movie did you say you were going to go see? We were seeing the premiere. Hold on. I can Kill show Bill you. One. I can show you the fake tickets that I made. Um, oh, my God. It's embarrassing that I forgot the name of this movie now. <laughs> 
Um, it's a Kill Bill Volume One. <laughs> so, what, so while <laughs> Alex looks, we'll note that Larry gets a call from his yeah. trainer, and he's not like I literally got engaged because of this. <laughs> I work things out with Wanda. You don't have to worry about her anymore. We can train at two o'clock. And uh, Ira is kissing his wife, and Larry says, "You know, don't you know? Maybe not do it in front of me." And I, I find human contact repulsive, just like Zach. <laughs> and he goes on to say, "I know you think I'm kidding, but I'm not." <laughs> and Larry's eating some popcorn, offers him some. Iris says no. Gabby's very interested, takes a handful, causing Larry to raise his eyebrow a bit. Yeah, she's and already finished all of her. Uh, <laughs> all of her own. Yeah, her, her Twizzler. Her, her own. Pull and yeah. Twizzler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the movie's about to start and Larry, you know, has to go to the bathrooms. Gabby says, oh, I'll hold your popcorn for him. But Larry clearly doesn't want to give up the popcorn to this woman who's going to just devour it all. Um, and he's like, no, I'll hold on to it. I like to uh, munch and pee. Uh, which is a very disgusting thing. I thought, about, I thought about that being my opening as well. So, so. Yeah, <laughs> I like the bunch of Yeah. Um, uh, Gabby's not buying it. She realized that for some reason, Larry doesn't want. But hold on, this is what she says. Popcorn. She says, "Don't take your popcorn into the bathroom with the people and the skivats." That was her line. That's what it said in the captions. Do you guys know what skivats is? No, I missed that line. So I googled it. It means quote a disgusting or undesirable girl who exhibits skanky and dirty qualities. Probably not going to be in the men's bathroom. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know with the people in the scheme. Maybe it would be actually yeah, Yeah. (laughs) skanky and dirty qualities hanging out in the men's room of the movie theater. This uh, him taking the the popcorn at the bathroom reminds me of that episode of the league where like, didn't they invent something in that episode that was like a, like a, a locker to put your food in so you didn't have to take it into the bathroom. There's uh, something yeah, like remember. that. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, she's like, what's going on here? And Iris like, what's going on? Well, you, well you're, you know, I'm a man of integrity. You're insulting me. Um, and Iris says, yeah, of, of course. course you're a man of integrity. Obviously. <laughs> and, like gestures towards the wife. And they're like, what does that mean? And she starts getting really upset. No, no. Why, she also why, knows why is exactly she what this means. No, because she knows exactly what this means. So she's she knows upset. He, oh, because she, it's a known thing in the world that if somebody's right. calling, yeah. he's calling yeah. her ugly. Yeah. No, but why, why, why does she know that? I was, I was saying. Because everybody knows this rule. Yeah, of course. And Larry uh, responds by throwing popcorn. Throwing popcorn at her. I love it. I yeah. love it. Why is he doing that? <laughs> He's just egging her on at this point. If everybody knows this rule, she's probably heard it before, too. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. He's treating her like she's like in a this world. Animal. Yeah. Like, Larry with a tiny popcorn as well. He should have just gotten a bigger popcorn. Mm. Yeah. Always got the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you guys see in the WhatsApp chat? I sent you guys uh I sent you guys the picture big of ticket. Your... <laughs> Do you see it? Defiance. It's downloading. Now, I made this for my wife. So is this a real movie or did you make up this movie? Yeah, this is a real movie. It's with Daniel oh, I guess you haven't seen Defiance. Starring I, actually have, I actually haven't seen it either. I only saw Defiance too. Oh, um, so Defiance is starring Daniel Craig, as you could tell, um, playing um, a bunch like of a Jews. It's a Holocaust movie? Yeah, it's a bunch of it's Jews. It's like a Warsaw it's ghetto a, uprising. It's a true story. Right? It's, it's about a yeah. bunch of Jews who are partisans. And I have a couple of friends who are in the group that are in like that the movie's about, actually. Um, do, uh, do you know Arya Smith? I heard that name. Uh, his his grandparents were so Jen's grandparents were also, and so this movie came out, and I told Jen I got like passes to like the the New York City like premiere of the movie. Uh-huh. So this is the fake ticket I made to show her. So you really got her in the mental state to feel romantic and ready to get engaged. <laughs> Listen, you had a little misdirection. Yeah, well, it's a defiance Holocaust movie. Yeah. 
So have you ever um, seen Defiance then? Did you yes, ever I have seen it. The, the other funny part was Liev Schreiber, who's also in the movie. I, um, through a friend of a friend, I, 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 his like agent offered to record him saying congratulations that we were getting married or getting engaged or whatever it was. Um, I really like pull out all the stops trying to like see what I could to make this as fake as possible. But yeah, th- this ticket looks like somebody made it on Microsoft Paint in 2008. They did. <laughs> but uh, it fooled my wife. So yeah, so it's still fooling her today. It's, it's, yes, it's, <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah, she's she doesn't know. She doesn't know the half of what's going on. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my parents, they don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, so Larry is heading to another office to meet with another business advisor. And he's uh, asking him about different uh, investment strategies. And meanwhile, Larry is wearing an arm sling. Clearly, uh, he was injured by Gabby. And the advisor says, you know, my investment strategy is very risk averse. You know, I would never, for example, advise you to invest in something stupid like those skis that screwed together that I heard about where everyone lost all their money. Like a real um, there is a really good idea I just heard about for this car periscope that I think could be a multi-million dollar idea. Um, he later then corrects himself. He oh, says yeah. it's actually a billion dollar idea. Uh, but Larry can't do it because he has a personal issues with uh, with the inventor. So did he get the money um, back? He did. The, the inventor yeah. gave him the money back. At the he gave him the check right? back. Yeah. yeah that's, um, that's- yeah. yeah, see, they don't need a contract. Yeah. <laughs> you change your mind, you get the money back. Yep. Um, so, yeah, meanwhile, Larry spots a girl's picture on his desk, and the business writer says that that's his wife. And they've been together for 20 years, and Larry hires him immediately because you're obviously <laughs> trustworthy because you have an ugly wife. Yeah. Chester, did you notice that uh, this business advisor has a spreadsheet open on his desk? Yeah, well, he's a serious advisor. I oh, know I didn't see what it said, though. It was 2008 gains losses spreadsheet. Oh. <laughs> so tracking his gains and his losses. It sounds very real. It sounds like you remember the boss button on like yes. TMQ. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let me open up an obviously fake spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm looking at this giant spreadsheet with numbers and, <laughs> and tables. It's like that's not what I do. <laughs> My boss walked into you like, why are you looking at a like, your graphic design? <laughs> Now, TMQ happened, uh, page two on ESPN. Was that annoying yellow color? So I, I, I can understand copying and pasting the article and reading it to Word. That yeah, would yeah. work much better than. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So Larry heads out to the road and he's walking, trying to hail a cab. And he sees that the one armed man is in front of him. And Larry's like, You, I've been looking for you. You got me into trouble with the Scrabble game and the racist judge. <laughs> And he starts arguing with him. You're, you know, you're upstreaming me and they're both running. And Judge Horn happens to walk out at that very moment, uh, coming out of his hotel. And the one-armed man pushes Judge Horn accidentally and he falls. And the other one-armed man runs away, as he always does. And Henry comes down. And he's like, who did this to you, father? And he says, the one-armed man. And Henry looks over at Larry wearing his sling and, and one arm hiding. And um, I guess it's implied Larry's about to get his ass kicked by Henry again. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. lose his other arm. Other now, arm can, can we? Um, over. Why was the one arm man running away from Larry? What did he think he had done wrong? He just played Scrabble with with a with a kindly with like he was with this kind old man, and then he um, Larry mildly insulted, made him feel uncomfortable about his arm, and then they left. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't need to run away. <laughs> he can just be like, "Fuck you!" Who are, like, what are you talking about? Who are you? But when he gets to that point, he's like, hey, what's going on? Oh, you're the guy from the Scrabble game. Like, why, why? he's like desperate to evade. Yeah, very odd. He knows he's done Cause something Because he, he knows that he was well, taking advantage of chased. a man with dementia playing Scrabble. Well, and he, he was, was being he was chased up the by, uh, he was being chased by Larry in the car periscope. So he knows yeah, Larry's he trying might, to get him for something. So he's right. creeped he out might, by Larry. 
he might not know he's why Larry is after him. Yeah. He's just afraid mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. But why did yeah. he run in the first place? I guess. But yeah. Well, because if you saw a car with a periscope coming towards you, wouldn't you run away? Like, <laughs> okay, that's fair. That. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a weird thing to have come after you. Yeah. Uh, All right. Zach, I think they a- should have played up the like one armedness a little bit more with them trying to because they're using their one arm to hail a cab, and so yeah. they should have made yeah. that somehow play into this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, Zach, you're the guest. What is your rating for this episode? So I was like a little bit, I mean, I like it, but I liked it more now that we've talked about it, which this happens a lot on Movie Ladder where Brennan and I will talk about a movie and my rating will raise as I'm talking about it. So uh, I'm going to go pretty, 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 pretty good. Four pretties mm. uh, for this one. I'm pretty high on this. Uh, I like that everything pulls together at the end. Like even, you know, the Larry being one-armed pulls back with the car periscope and there's not anything super memorable. Like I didn't remember this episode before I started watching it to record with you guys tonight. Um, and it doesn't have any Leon, which I always dock an episode at least half a star for not having Leon in it. So I'm gonna go four, four pretties. What about you? Um, yeah, I agree actually with Zach. Um, wow. I'm going to give it pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, I agree, I agree completely with Zach as to it being just like a really well constructed episode, like the the story beats line up really well, really nicely. Um, some of it is just like, there's like really wacky stuff in this episode and either that works for you or it works against the episode. And I could certainly see someone being like, nothing in this episode makes sense. It's all like, just like so bizarre and out of left field, but like everything about it just like really made me laugh. Like the whole car periscope thing is so silly. Um, everything with like Wanda and like the trainer is like, you know, kind of out there and it's racist Judge Horn, of course. Um, and the one armed man, it's just like, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, you know, one strange thing after another, but it all kind of worked for me all kind of came together. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. And I, even though I haven't seen the fugitive, the TV show, I like the like allusions to like, I like when they allude to like other media, you know, silent music from silent movies and things like that. So I like that they did the fugitive stuff in those two. Mm. So I mean, yeah, and, before- I, and, and I like all the ruminations on the inventions and the, my, my idea on the implementation. I really love that. Stuff. I'm going to be the fly in the ointment here. Uh, before I get to my rating, I will note that all the collective ratings online, the Ringer, IMDb, Vulture episode, Ninja Ranker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is the lowest ranked episode of the series. Wow. Ten wow. Seasons. Hmm. Um, this is literally the lowest ranked episode based on all the ratings I found online. I don't understand why. Is it the best episode? Certainly not. Um, it's fine to me. I think the issue that I had with it is there's a difference. Like when we talk about like you guys are like, well, it, everything fits together so well. It's fine if things are very, very wacky as in terms of like the props of the episode, as long as the motivations are are clear and logical. And like people like to rag on like season nine of Seinfeld that became so absurd, but their motivations were always the same. They might have been like more exaggerated versions, but they were always consistent. And so I like I love season nine of Seinfeld. I think it's one of the best seasons. And by the way, I think like when people like rank their episodes, they end up being surprised. Oh, I have all these episode nine episodes all Season nine episodes all ranked really high, even though I thought I didn't like the season. Um, to me, like in this episode, the motivations just don't make sense. A lot of the things they're doing, I think it's like very silly. Um, like, yeah, I, I think it also might be almost like I'm punishing it after the fact because sometimes Curb invents a thing or Seinfeld invents a thing and it's not really a thing, but because they invent it, it becomes a thing in that episode, but also it becomes a thing in real life. And maybe because here that hasn't happened with like the the, the spouse attractiveness, just because it's too inconsistent or logical for me. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I wasn't high on it, but I was not as low as all these people. I have it ranked number 58 for me out of the 79 episodes. 
I have it as the lowest ranked of those that I would describe as pretty, pretty, pretty good. So two and a half for me. All right. Yeah, that I, is your, uh, that's your highest episode in a while, actually. It is. Oh, okay. So then uh, you had four 2.0s in a row before now 2.5. Let's see. 8.7 is below. 8.6, 8.5, 8.4. Oh, yeah. It's been a rut this season. What's Since your uh, what's Sanchez your lowest thing. episode? Just my lowest episode ever? is the Korean bookie. The Korean bookie is your lowest. Yeah. You know, mine. Uh, I had one that was one. I had the bot mitzvah at 1.5. I think that's my lowest. The bot mitzvah I have at two. So, yeah, that's one of my lower ones. Yeah, that has a lot of Tesla also. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, that's why don't we go next to come with guy? Uh, Zach, you go first again. Yeah. I don't think there's like a great come with guy. I mean, I guess it's just, is, are you allowed to give it to Jeff or camera? Is Jeff allowed to be the sure. short guy? Yeah, of always come with guy? He's okay. the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, I just think it's Jeff by default. I don't know who else it would be really in this episode. Mm. Okay. So, uh, well, I'll be, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with a come with gal. I'm going to go with uh, Gabby, wife of the inventor who uh, locks yeah. down the deal with her terrible looks. Um, and she's also just like a ton of fun. She gets to beat up Larry by the end of the episode and she's just having a great time. I like the way that when Larry like puts his, his head on her shoulder and stuff that she's like patting him and stuff. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. like her mannerisms are very good with him. So yeah, good. good choice. All right. Um, I really don't know what to do here. Honestly, I, I watched the episode twice. I did not have one. And then I thought, you know what, when we do the podcast, it will become clear as we discuss and we've just done the podcast. And I really don't know. Uh, do you guys want to help uh, nudge me or should I should I say Jeff like um, like Zach? I mean, Jeff isn't a bad one. It's just we've seen so much Jeff in your episodes. Yeah, he Jeff doesn't get it for he this. He doesn't stand out a ton here. But he, I he mean, he's coming with. Scope and... He uses the periscope. Yeah, he's you know literally what? coming with him. I, I'm going to vote for Jeff, but it's a weak one. It's it's winning in a season where, where nobody really deserved it, basically. Yeah, I think the inventor was good. Although, do we even have a name for the inventor? Just uh, Ira. Ira. Yeah. Ira. Okay. Yeah. I'm really inventor. All right, I'll go first, I guess, for fucking asshole. I do have one of these. Um, here, there's a lot of candidates, honestly. A I lot think of candidates. that, yeah, almost everyone in the episode. Um, I well, I think because I don't think either one of you will say him, so I'll, I don't. I'm trying not to repeat. I'll go with Judge Horn. You know, racist asshole. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, but there's a couple other really obvious choices that maybe I'll come back to me. If you know, if you want to judge Horn, I'll take someone else. No, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to go with Judge Horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've go ahead. I was going to go with Henry Horn, who oh, no. uses his father's dementia to cover up for his very obvious racism. He also accuses Larry of things of which he is not guilty. And even if like, based, even on, no if, like yeah. based on no evidence, and even if he is guilty of the things he was accusing him of, he's accusing him of doing a nice thing, playing Scrabble with his father. Yeah, yeah. but try too hard. But try too and hard. And pays no attention to like time or logistics of how Correct. things are yes. happening. Like right. just does not have a brain. He just doesn't then, know how to play Scrabble, obviously. And then so like he hates Larry. Larry's the worst. But then he sees that Larry has an ugly girlfriend. He immediately reverses course on Larry. Larry's a great guy. Now I want you playing more Scrabble with my father. <laughs> And makes Larry because he likes Larry now. He's like, oh, I'm gonna make you play Scrabble with my father. Yeah. Like that's not something anybody would choose yeah. to do, especially yeah. this racist judge. But he's such a nice guy that he'll willingly he'll sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so I, he is an asshole. I agree with you, Av. But like, if you're a family member of yours was spouting off like offensive things, you'd want to say, oh no, it's dimension, it's dimensional. Like you know, you don't want to have to go around saying, yeah, my my father's <laughs> a piece of shit. Like, yeah, 
he used to be a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zach, sorry, sorry, you're eating sloppy steaks. <laughs> Slop them up. <laughs> Um, all right, Zach, so uh, I have a different one. You know what we're talking about, Zach, right? No, I don't. I, I it sounds kind of familiar, but I'm like, you live in Michigan. What is it? Uh, what's the name of the show? I just, uh, it's from, I make I it awkward. It, uh, Detroit or no, no, or, it's from, Tim I, Robinson book. I think Robinson I oh, I've only I seen the first Tim Robinson. Yeah, all right, well, watch season. Two. I don't, I, I will, but everybody talked it up so much, and I, was, oh, I watched it, and I was just like, it's fine, like, I didn't think it was anything special, and I've heard like. The, the casket sketch in season two is really funny. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. I don't know. I, I will say I've been watching White Lotus this week, though. And oh, okay. I'm loving it. It's great. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so, and like I've, I've somehow stayed mostly unspoiled on it. I wish so. Tim Robinson was in White Lotus, actually. That would be very good. Yeah. It's all it, right. The, the weird thing about White Lotus is that <laughs> people talk about Mike right. White. Yeah, I, I will. But people talk about Mike <laughs> White like he's like this household name. And I feel like if, unless you're a Survivor fan, like who knew who Mike White was before yeah. they show? No, there's out? no chance. Yeah. Okay. You're like, oh, I love Mike White. He's great. It's like, maybe you'd know him as the guy from uh, School of Rock. Yeah, School of Rock. But we are okay. in a world of Survivor people. So, but I hear like the, like I've heard random podcasters talk about how great Mike White is that are not Survivor fans. Like, I mean, he did do a very good job here. So, yeah, no, he's, he's good. Yeah. Mike White Lotus. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Who's so your fucking my, asshole? My fucking asshole is Terry the Trainer. Mm. Yeah, and totally fair. yeah i think like he doesn't keep his appointments anytime he gets confronted about anything he runs away he doesn't finish his appointments um doesn't seem to really care about larry and yeah he's he's awful so. i can't believe that we got nothing for uh wanda and nothing yeah. for the one arm app wanda was wanda my... did anything bad ba- anything wrong though if you yeah. make an appointment somewhere and they give you the appointment like no but, well, but larry's the one that introduced them to the, to, yeah. to the, it's the same thing we'll have the same thing in season 10 or season 9 is it with um when with larry with Susie, with the with the with the housekeeper zach if you if, you, if i was like oh could you give me the name for your trainer you're like sure here it is and then i stole your time slot it would be the trainer's responsibility to keep the time slot that i booked but you i mean it seems again i thought it's what we're a- assuming happened is he said, I can't do it that I have Larry David and Wanda said, okay, I'll give you an extra 20. Yeah, it's HIPAA. Said, I, don't, I don't think he can say who he's. Training. Yeah, maybe he he have, I don't he think said HIPAA apply to like exercise. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it might. Oh. But yeah, I mean, he might I mean, have just said I, I HIPAA have can apply to you disclosing your, uh, your, uh, you know, vaccine. I have an appointment without saying the name. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, and you just have to say, <laughs> no, sorry, I can't. I, I do well, hold on. But Wanda, Wanda first contacts him and says, hey, uh, I'm interested in having an appointment with you. And he says, okay, I'll email you all my details. What's your email? And she says, I hate Larry. And he says, oh, I see <laughs> yeah. a business opportunity here. Right. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. And, and then he runs away before completely. Like, either way, he's got to complete the session. No, the running away makes no fucking sense. Yeah. That's really <laughs> he's, and he's, yeah, he's just a strange guy. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So is it time for the postman? It is time for the postman. Um, postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a shanda, Larry! Larry David! You're a lousy Jew! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! First email, as I said earlier, from Brendan Fitzpatrick, longtime fan, first time caller. As two New Yorkers, how many times have you upstreamed someone for a cab? 
You cannot honestly say you've never done it. Um, yeah, we we got into this earlier. I've you know everyone does it. Um, for it's survival. Except for me, I, I self downstream like an idiot. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's smart. It's, it's he goes on to say, "Car periscope is such a stupid idea, but it sort of <laughs> exists now with those cars with the rear camera that helps you park." Did this episode come out before or after the rear camera became a before thing? because they reference a- it? No, after because they reference it. This episode it, it, came it's out a, after it's already a, a thing. Cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It's already a thing. But it's already a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it wasn't me. It was the one armed man as a legitimate role on the floor laughing moment. <laughs> um, can you judge someone solely based on their significant other's appearance? Um, I'm sure people do this. Um, I'm sure I've done this. Um, but oh, yeah, of it, it course really you do, sense. but not really in the way that Larry does. Right. Right. Most, generally, most people do the opposite, which is they so like I'm trying to think. If, yeah. If, if I think of somebody who I think of as very undesirable, hypothetically, and then I see them with a very attractive partner. I think I'm impressed with them. Like there must be more than meets the eye. Right. Oh, Which is less. what Elaine says about Newman. Right. Right. And I then, looked into his soul. Yeah. And then conversely, if I see someone who I think is very attractive and they're with a very unattractive person, I think they have very bad judgment. <laughs> I guess. I, I, uh, I know a couple that lives here and the wife is much more attractive than the husband. And I asked my friend introduced me to them and I, I kind of like made a comment about it to him. Just like, you know, not quite this is Lash that theory, direct, as Ali Lasher says. And uh, and he said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, they met in college, and it was different." So yeah, uh, no, that's that's definitely possible. Yeah, people age yeah. at different rates, and sometimes right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, okay. Sometimes you can go on Facebook and you get explanations. Oh, I see. Oh, because you guys have been dating since two thousand four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And he gives the episode four pretties, just like uh, oh, it's a movie ladder. I'll give it a four. Yeah. Nice. Um, the original was a setup. Ladder. Was a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Golf next was. we go to the great Michael J. Clark, who says, "Guys, I think it's a compliment to your wives that LD chooses not to associate with you." <laughs> That's true. We're very untrustworthy. Awesome. We're very beautiful. Yeah. Um, he goes says, "Coming into the episode, I didn't remember loving it, but it was better than I remembered." Come with guys, Jeff, fucking asshole is the judge. Three pretties out of five. Next, we go on to Joshua Schmitz, who says, hello, gentlemen. I really enjoyed hello! The la, la, la. this episode, and it really held up much better than I remembered. Clearly, the good idea dies as Larry has been holding on to Kramer's car periscope after all these years. The one-armed man storyline tied everything together nicely as well. Come with guy goes to Jeff for his periscope adventure. Fucking asshole goes to the one-armed man, albeit for taking advantage of a racist, senile old man. And he gives the episode three pretties out of five. We move on to Jim Crumley, who says a solid episode. Good work by the guest stars. The fugitive references were fun, though it felt like they were going more for the TV show than the Harrison Ford movie. Yeah. The the reverse last theory premise was well played, too. Maybe Allie needs to consider the trustworthiness of the man and the relationship in her work. Three and a half out of five pretties. What was the? I know I've heard the last theory, but everything blends together. What's the last theory? That all men have better looking uh, all heterosexual men's wives are better looking than they are and that the except if you hear if you see a couple that's the exception on the streets of new york city and they're talking inevitably they'll be talking oh, right. in foreign language because yeah. they're not american hmm. all right yeah, the second part is acceptable i don't like when the first part when people shorten the the, the theory to the first part that's not a theory yeah. it's a mathematical yeah. possibility right um come with gal is janice or gabby Ida Torturo does a great job playing the inventor's wife as a nice person who gets pushed too far by Larry. The fucking asshole is the one-armed man. It starts with tricking Larry into playing Scrabble with a nasty old man and gets worse from there. We move on. I don't know if he really did that. I mean, I guess he did the end. It was bad. Yeah. To William Blake, 
who says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I always think of nice things and never act on them. I like the commentary on the social cues sent out by the hotness of a spouse. I'm not sure how much truth there is in the theory, but there are real messages sent by where someone falls on the partner's hotness curve. For his come with guy, he gives it to Larry. He tries to give a crackpot inventor a quarter of a million dollars and got his trainer back. Fucking asshole is the one-armed man. He took advantage of a poor old sweet racist ass man with dementia and fled the scene. He's suspicious. Four pretties out of five. I saw the episode title and I remember it being a bad episode, but it actually made you feel bad for Larry, a rarity. Larry got his victory and we got a Janice Soprano rage fit as well. Well, he probably lost a quarter million dollars. And he got beat up twice. No, he got it back. He got it back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. Um, My uh, I have family members who um, made very, very bad investment, uh, similar to a car periscope. And under the theory, they said, well, it's going to be fun. And I I said to them, I'm like, but that's not a motivation for investments. Should be a motivation. That seems like a very bit like that's a motivation for fun. Like uh, go play poker and lose the money. That's fine. That's fun. But um, yeah, and um, spoiler alert, it did not work out well. Yeah. I have, a, I have a friend who's like, oh, we should buy this house in my neighborhood. It's a fixer upper for sale. We can split it. It'll be re- very fun. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, <laughs> step like, one, you- spend all the money. Step Great. two, fun. Question. Yeah. How do we get from A to B? Spend all of my weekends fixing up this house that's in terrible condition for fun <laughs> to get 10% back on my money. Sounds great. The, the failed business adventure I'm talking about was in Michigan, by the way, Zach. So you may have seen that. Oh, really? It was a, it was a oh. chain of restaurants. Oh, what was it called? I don't want to say more because uh, I'm right. incriminating people, but okay. <laughs> all right. I like and restaurants in Michigan. So. Yeah, I'll tell you off the air. To close it out, as always, we go to Olin Allen, who says the discussion over the compass reminded me of a guy I didn't get on with at all in school who regularly sat in my seat during lunch breaks. To combat this, I would place a compass on the seat covered by a cheap jumper. Unfortunately for this anecdote, it was never a time I forgot myself and sat down without moving it. And he seemed to stop going there of his own accord. I enjoyed the fugitive. The fugitive. Wait, hold on. Olin was trying to stab this guy in the butt. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a horrible was- crime, Olin. Maybe he was trying to take his place on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then it's totally justified. Yeah. Um, like on Seinfeld, when they did this, the Midnight Cowboy a Marathon episode episodes, of course, while the other one arm man exists, evidently incurred my own theory is he is a figment of Harrison Ford's self-constructed alibi in the film, and he is guilty as hell. Was there, oh, was there a were- one? Is there one arm man in, in The Fugitive? That's the whole that's the whole thing that uh, uh, Harrison Ford is arrested. That's why and we keep is, talking about the fugitive. Yeah, this is the pre- at least the premise of the movie, probably the premise of the show is that Harrison Ford oh boy. is arrested for killing his wife. And he says, no, it wasn't me. It was a one armed man who did it. Oh, uh, OK. So, OK, so no wonder I hate this episode. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's and then the music they play oh, is like the theme. Guys, from okay, the fugitive. Let's start over. Hi. <laughs> Hi. 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 <laughs> Good. I have like and I've never closer. and I've never seen the fugitive. Yeah, I've only seen U.S. Marshals. Yeah, <laughs> I look exactly like my grandma. Oh, it only took me two hours. <laughs> two hours. I wish. Now you know what you've got. Lots of time before you have to go to bed. I think you should watch the fugitive tonight. I, I do actually. Unfortunately, um, I don't think I'd be watching uh, that documentary, uh, the, the the magic thing, with my wife tonight. Off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, all right. He continues. He says, I was certain they were going to go with the inventor being weak and lacking self-esteem when he saw his wife and couldn't do business with him. As a result, I thought they made an adorable couple myself. Not sure if it occurs in the next two episodes, but have loved a Wanda and Leon interaction. Uh, sadly, it does not. Wanda does, will not interact with anyone on this show for the uh, 
duration so far. Mm. Um, he says, I'm enjoying the ride along with Jeff, Susie and Larry, a, re- a nice rare moment of Susie admitting the guys are right after her own skepticism. And he gives the episode three pretties out of five. His come with guy is the inventor, a man of integrity and good company on several outings with his potential investor. Fucking asshole is Terry, the fitness guy, just cutting off Larry nice. originally without any recourse for him to match Wanda's offer. So for our overall episode rankings, we have a listener average of 3.42, which is the 43rd ranked episode overall by the listeners. Uh, That came from an average of six different listeners. And then with Zach's 4.0 and my 4.0 and Alex's 2.5, that averages out to an overall grade of 3.48, making it the 34th ranked episode according wow. to the curb okay. uh universe or the pretty pretty good universe so yeah i mean it's interesting that like pretty much across the board like nobody alex is the lowest out of you know our crew our crew um there was a one three from olin and the, the rest yeah are all these rankings i have are 82 88 oh, no, 91 81 89 crazy nobody has it higher than 80 yeah, that's really weird to me. I think, yeah, do you I think it's just because it's buried like in the middle of the show? So people do, and it's like, and there's nothing super memorable. The Palestinian about this chicken is like, you know, considered number one all time. And it's, yeah, it's, but that's like a, there's a, that's very memorable. This episode's not super memorable outside of them driving the car periscope. Well, I got news. Uh, I got good news for you guys. Mr. Softy, which is next week, and Larry versus Michael J. Fox, which is the week after, are two of the highest rated episodes in the entire yeah, series. That sounds Bo- right. Both have lots of top tens. So yeah, periscope, uh, they uh they warmed up the audience, I guess. Well, and I uh, I did just look it up. I looked up the fugitive to see where it's streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we do on the movie ladder podcast, we like to tell people where things are streaming. Mm. It is streaming on HBO Max for free. Uh, oh boy! So uh, and Olin gave it four stars, four pretties for the fugitive for Olin, and I think you said three pretties for the episode from Olin. So he's one pretty more on the fugitive than he is on this. He likes the original. I only saw Alex only saw the episode, the the sequel in the curb episode. He never saw the original fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. The Fugitive is a two-hour chase scene you won't want to end. Well, that's a good endorsement. There's a rewatchables on The Fugitive, I know, too. They one of the early ones. Oh, I I, I, I listen to those even when I haven't seen the movie. Oh, why would you do that? I, don't, I do it for your podcast also. It's like if it's a movie that I'm like... <laughs> you shouldn't do that. We give a spoiler warning. At the I know, but it's like podcast. it's a movie I'm interested in, but I'm not really going to see it. Like, you know, with, with with no disrespect intended to Olin's favorite movie. I I, I don't know. I wasn't gonna that's it. not as fair. It's only four stars. Yeah, yeah. For okay. Um. All right. So, Zach, why don't you tell us where uh, people can find you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm at Brooks ZA on Twitter and other platforms. And uh, I'm recording the Movie Ladder podcast in not that long from now because it's now Tuesday morning. We record it Tuesday evenings usually. And uh, this week we are doing What's Up, Doc, which is a 1972, I think, uh, movie starring Barbara Streisand. And it's a uh, fun screwball comedy. It's uh, very high up on a lot of like AFI lists for comedies and um, fun, quick movie. You can watch it on Amazon and then you can listen. Last week we did, it's late, what did we do? We, we did Heron Feist last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had Av and Chester on recently for uh, Boogie Nights and Big Lebowski. Every week we do a different movie that connects to the movie uh, from the previous week. We take suggestions. So uh, definitely check it out. Send in suggestions for movies that connect to the movie we're talking about. And maybe we'll pick your movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie ladder also uh, for your ears only is my other podcast. We did James Bond. We did um, Fast and Furious movies and maybe some other movies coming up soon on that as well. Mm-hmm. 
All right. All right, Alex, what are we doing next week? Next week, we will have the aforementioned Mr. Softy. So I guess Larry uh, really struggling from the uh, the lack of the pills in the park. I honestly don't remember. I mean, I, I, I know I don't remember where the name Mr. Softy comes from that episode. Also, ice cream truck. I saw Leon's in the yeah. thumbnail for that episode. I, 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 Leon back. I remember how the episode ends and I remember the Bill Buckner's in it. And that's really all I remember about that. Episode. Oh, it's a Bill Buckner episode. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to watching it because from what I hear, it is. Pretty, 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 pretty good.